0: Well,
1: well, well. Woo! That's a good Welcome, one. ladies and gentlemen, to this fine little radio program and podcast known internationally as the world famous hey Smoking and Toastin'. We are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to show number 196.
2: Uh, you know, we're. I think we're a little past halfway. 200 I think. I now. think we're
1: getting close. Yeah, we really are. Um, we can almost say halfway to five hundred <laughs> at this point. And just, just keep it going that way. Um, <laughs> welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We have, I think, a really wonderful show planned out for you today. We're going to talk about some great beers for the summer, uh, but very specifically, we're going to talk about. What I'm anticipating to be some great spirits. And I can say that because we've actually already tasted two from this line. Mm-hmm. And we gave both of them a pretty enthusiastic thumbs up, as I recall. Uh, Nathan Barkman from Rio Brazos Distilling is with us today. And Nathan, I, I, I didn't tell you this before the show, but you'll you'll want to get pretty close to the mic when you ah. talk or else you'll sound like you're in the other room. So, uh, so welcome, uh, Nathan, from Rio Brazos Distilling. Rio Brazos is located in College Station, Texas. And they have been produced. how long
0: have you guys been—how long has Rio Brazos been in in operation? Uh, More than seven years now. Okay, so— Almost eight years.
1: So for almost eight years, these guys have been cranking out some really excellent craft spirits. And uh, we have a whole lineup of them here today. And I'm very excited about tasting them. I also have to admit, I'm pretty excited about getting a whiff of this. This is a a, a barbecue sauce called 1876. Barbecue sauce. So, uh, so I'm excited about, excited about that as well. So we're looking forward to doing those tastings. We are also going to be tasting what I think will be some interesting beers from Offshoot Beer Company. Uh, they're Unwind Hoppy Pills. It's a pilsner with a, a little extra hop, so we'll be tasting that uh, as the show gets underway. From here in Texas, Real Ale Brewing out of Blanco, they have uh, got something out called Skullberry.
2: Mm, it's, I haven't tried that, but I yep. like just about everything from real life. Yeah.
1: Well, this is a strawberry milkshake IPA. Now, I find this interesting, interesting. because usually when you go the milkshake route, it's one of the darker beers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this, one, this one's an IPA. So that'll be interesting to try. Hmm. And then uh, from Gigantic Brewing, we've, uh, we've had some of these guys' yes. beers on before. They have this whole Hellboy uh, series that is uh, in honor of the Hellboy comic books. Mm-hmm. And I think there's been a couple of movies too. Uh, one of them, I think, was pretty good. The other was terrible. But, yes. uh, uh, but in any case, they have released a series of six beers in the Hellboy series and we'll be tasting number six, which is the Trevor Brettenholm. And I admit, I'm not super up to the characters with the characters on Hellboy, but I'm pretty sure he's a character in the, in the comic book. Uh, but this is Hellboy number six, Trevor Brettenholm, and it's a British barley wine. So... That sounds awesome. And see, I, I just love being able to say we're going to taste a barley wine, I love and then watching wines. for the expression on your face. So, uh, so that should be fun. Interesting things going on in the world. Uh, we will talk to you a little bit about how the pandemic is affecting cigar stores. It's really different from store to store and from city to city. But we have a little information on that that we'll be able to share with you. Um, there are. Um, there's a new a list uh, out of retail's hottest cigar brands for 2020. It always shifts a little. But mm-hmm. what brands are selling the best is basically what that's about. So that's kind of interesting. Seven beers that were made for summer. I mentioned we'd be talking about summer beers. And- are they all going to be shandies. Uh, I, God, I, those kind of gross. Not. Yeah, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've had one or two that I've liked. I've not been. I'm not the world's biggest Shandy fan. I'll, I'll admit that. Uh, I had a cat named Shandy once. <laughs> she was she was cool. But uh, uh, anyway, and we'll also uh, talk a little bit about um, a tragic, tragic accident in Missouri that apparently claimed twelve thousand bottles of Templeton Rye. Oh uh, Yeah, so we'll all take a moment of silence for that later in the show. Uh, also, we'll do drinking news. Uh, our drinking news headline this week is: Does this belong to you? And we'll get to that story uh, coming up. But we have to start drinking before we can do drinking, before we can news. Do drinking that, news. That's yes, that's that, uh, kind of a requirement. So, yeah. all right. So excited about the show. Excited uh, very much about having Nathan Barkman here and sampling some of these goodies from Rio Brazos. This is uh, you know people ask us from time to time. What made you guys start this show? And our answer is always one word, and it's always the same. Samples. Samples. Yeah, and so that's, that's <laughs> so why do you do what you do? That's why. Uh, so anyway, it's, I, I think it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. Ian, um, I haven't seen you since last week's show, so I assume you've had a decent
2: week. I did. I had a wonderful week so far. And you have an opportunity to smoke anything I've been, interesting? Uh, I've been I've been in the house a little bit. Usually I get out and uh, and ride my bike and stuff like that, but it's been raining yeah. uh, and the wind has been going, you know, pretty much sideways. Yes. Blowing the rain. <laughs> I I I'm, I kind of was under my carport the other day trying to smoke a cigar and the wind was blowing so bad. I am Like 15 to 18 feet under this carport and still getting wet. I have on my balcony, (laughs) I have a place where I usually sit. I kind of have a chair set
1: up and a little table so I can, you know, work on the computer or, you know, look at stuff on the iPad or whatever. And that's where I usually sit. But when the wind and rain are coming from a particular direction, I, I can't sit there. I get soaked. I can usually find, unless it's torrential, I can usually find this one little sweet spot where if I stand the, the one all the way back against the window and, and smoke, I can, I can do so. So if I really have to smoke, that's my, uh, that's my thing. I also have a spot in my building. Now, when we did the 100th show, right, we did it on the 8th floor balcony at, at my building, mm-hmm. which is a, a bigger balcony, and it's got coverage. <laughs> so that same spot where we did the show there... I can often go down there if it's raining and have a cigar if I haven't had a chance to. Well,
2: I bet you're, uh, you're, you're much of, just because of the uh, height and the balcony that you have, I bet you're very much a victim of which way the wind is blowing. Well,
1: absolutely. Although this spot down there, I, uh, I can almost always find refuge there if I really need it. That's awesome. But a terrible thing happened this week. What's that? I went down. I had my iPad tucked under my arm. I was going to do some reading had a really great cigar I was planning to smoke. Had my lighter. Had my punch. I was all ready. Came out of the elevator on the eighth floor, and I'm looking through the window out to where that balcony is, and there's a guy's head there. Some guy's sitting out there smoking a cigar in my spot. So I'm kind of bummed that someone else has discovered my little secret. A,
2: it was raining; I couldn't smoke anywhere. There's a out. couple little alcoves there, though. Did you just take the next one over? Yeah,
1: I, I decided I would wait for him, and then by the time that he was done, the rain had stopped. So I just had a cigar on my own. <laughs> pocket, so. But it, it wasn't the same. I was all prepared, you know, Somebody in found my your mind. Spot. I, yeah, somebody found my spot. So, <laughs> sir, I don't know if you're listening, but uh, you know, it's on. That's all <laughs> I have to say. So uh, a couple uh, a couple weird things this week. So usually,
2: <laughs> you know uh, when when we have. Uh, Interesting labels and stuff. I show them to the camera and then I describe them because my buddy Josh doesn't ever watch the video. Right, but he actually. There's the audio. He's pressure. actually watching the video. Josh right is watching? Very weird. Wow. I saw that Bruce. Like, down said, is up and up is down. I don't know what's happening anymore. I saw that Bruce Stark was on with us. He, <laughs> he, he said, well, well,
1: to uh, start that's right, the show. That's right. So, um, so what, what'd you smoke this week, what's So,
2: I uh, went by Casa this morning, my usual, uh, since it's on the way here. Great, uh, great shop. And I found. Uh, Don Pepin Garcia, my father, Vegas Cubanos, Invictus. I'm trying
1: to think That's if I've actually Invictus is work.
2: the size. Vegas Cubanos, uh, my father, Vegas Cubanos is what it's referred to.
1: Invictus sounds like like a horror movie title. <laughs> Invictus. But they have they
2: have all the yeah they have all the different sizes. named. this was a five by fifty uh, cigar, Corojo wrapper, uh, indeterminate origin, Nicaraguan binder and filler. I couldn't find any further information other than that, mm-hmm. except for this was an older brand that they that they started putting out again. They rejuvenated it? Yeah. Or? They, okay. Uh, so um, the appearance on this medium brown, medium firmness, uh, slightly lumpy with some veins, slightly oily feel overall. Um, pretty nice-looking cigar, uh, single-label, and classy, very classy label. I, I like that. Um, the uh, pre-light sniff on us, earth, hay, grass, a little bit of... And I'm not grass in that '70s kind of way, but actually like grass outside your house. <laughs> I have oh. had one cigar that was grass in that
1: way. I don't know if you remember the old Lars Teton's line. Back, oh yeah, back I remember you telling me about he, that? He actually. had a cigar called Grass, and uh, you know, it yeah, but it wasn't only, like freshly mown grass. It, it, it was, and it was only tobacco. <laughs> but for whatever reason, it, if you lit that up, people did not think you were smoking a tobacco cigar.
2: Which in now in today's day and age they'd be like, oh, it looks like a cigar, but it's okay. Yeah, right. Jeez.
1: Well, you're talking uh, you're talking grass in the uh, in the barnyard sense, or yes,
2: uh, yes, like right outside your door in your yard. Yeah, you know, okay, Uh, like the stuff that you mow once in a while. Mine's very tall. Once in um... a while is the key phrase, (laughs) right? (laughs) Mine looks more like a reforestation project. You know? <laughs> no, that's important. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, so uh, the, the pre-light sniff on this, earth, hay, grass, tea leaf, and a little bit of citrus mm-hmm. going on. Um, the pre-light draw on this, he used a clip, had a medium draw. It's very medium cigar overall, medium firmness, medium mm-hmm. brown, medium draw. A uh, little bit of earth, kiss of cedar on the lips, um, sweet, tangy citrus and grass again, very much... Uh, uh, through that, the initial light, fresh mowed grass I mean, mm-hmm. right there, right up front uh, Cedar, like like if you've ever burned cedar before That cedar yeah. fire smell Right, right. Very much, kind of a smoky cedar yeah. yeah, very much that Tangy citrus and white pepper on the finish Nice um, The first third of this, sweet and citrusy I mean, the sweetness in this was so good It just, I'm going to go ahead and give this away All the way through this cigar was a very sweet cigar And sweet You often think of,
1: if you think of a cigar sweet, you think of something that's been maybe infused or like the tip has been sweetened. That's not what you're talking about. This was
2: not a chocolatey sweet either, which is something you get in a lot of cigars. This was just a pervading kind of citrusy sweetness nice, that went all the way through this cigar. Um, So I put sweet and citrusy with strong cedar, toast, a little toasted peanut kind of flavor in there, light pepper finish, uh, solid ash, perfect burn. The second third of this. More of that sweet peanut flavor and citrus. Uh, lots of that going through there. Big cedar and toast backed by white pepper finish. So it didn't do a whole lot of different stuff, but it was really good at what it was what doing. What it did was good, yeah. Solid ash, perfect burn. The last third of this cigar. Tangy citrus and toast persist. Grass and pepper kind of ramped up a little bit. Cedar and sweetness thread throughout. Solid ash, perfect burn. This is a My Father's Cigar. Um... I don't know that I've ever been disappointed with any My Father's Cigar uh, or anything in that entire line. This was a solid five, 100%. I will buy this again. It costs $7.30. Oh, see, that's... Yeah. That's right in my sort of sweet spot for, uh, for cigar yeah, prices. This, yeah, this, just after that one cigar, uh, I like the flavor profile so much, this is maybe my next box of cigars. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah, all right, very that's, good. That's strong. That's very strong. Very good. How about yourself?
1: Well, I uh, smoked a, a more inexpensive one uh, this week. Sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll come in and talk about a $12, $13 cigar, and I, you—, you often wondered like, how many people are going to go and, and, and smoke a cigar that expensive? Some people do, obviously. And when you do, you want to know if, if, if you can expect good things or not. Uh, but I like going the other way sometimes and trying to find— One of the, one of my favorite things to do is to find a less expensive cigar that I really, That's really, really love. really good, yeah. Yeah, and, and then, okay, this becomes a regular part of the humidor. So I decided to try the Room 101 Siri HN. Now, Room 101 is Matt Booth's mm-hmm. uh, line of cigars— most of them are in the $8-plus uh, uh, price range, uh, and some of them even more than that. But this one is a little less expensive in their line. And um, it, it's a nice-looking cigar. had a light brown wrapper. Um, these were rolled in Honduras. They used a Honduran Criollo. I always feel like I'm making that word up. I still don't know if I'm pronouncing it uh, correctly. Um I'm not helping you on that. Criollo is how the gringos, uh, we gringos would say it. Uh, Anyway, it's a Criollo 98 wrapper, Brazilian Matafina binder, and then Honduran Criollo Ligero and Dominican Navarrete fillers. I'm not real familiar with the Dominican Navarrete, but the fact that part of the filler was the Honduran Ligero should let you know. That this is probably going to have a little bit of a punch to it Now when I did the pre-light It gave me that light tobacco and sort of barnyard uh, sort of Mm -hmm. uh, expression That you usually associate with milder cigars So I didn't really know what to expect Uh, But uh, there was also a hint of either cinnamon or nutmeg If it's not real strong I sometimes have trouble figuring out which of those two I'm I'm getting Uh, But anyway, uh, once I lit it up the idea of it being a milder cigar went away almost immediately. There was um, no uh, doubt. Uh, yeah, there was a very nice blast of white pepper. Uh, it was great on the palate. It left this awesome little tingle on the tongue. Just you're like, oh, this is going to be good. Um, and then there was a bit of creamy sweetness as it settled down that kind of offset that and kept it from being too, you know, too powerful right from the beginning. And a little bit of nuttiness too. As I smoked it, the pepper on the palate kind of started to ramp down a little bit. Uh, but the tingle on my tongue remained The nuttiness was still there And a slight kind of a coffee note Started to develop as the, as the pepper ramped down a little bit uh, It got a little, uh, earthy, got a little earthy In the final third uh, Which added some nice complexity To the cigar uh, Burn was pretty good I did touch it up one time uh, But for the most part, the construction was great And it really smoked like a charm I probably wouldn't have had to touch it up But I, I, I always want that you know, perfect, perfect <laughs> right, razor right. burn, you know So so I was trying for that No question this was a medium to full uh, bodied cigar uh, But I really enjoyed it The Siri HN is a 5 to $6 cigar Sometimes you can even find them for a little less I think I ordered a uh, a box of these and got them for more like the $4 range uh, I may have gotten it online uh, Anyway, really enjoyed it at, at the 5 to $6 price range uh, I'll give it a six on the price to quality. And, Nathan, I know you've uh, seen some of the shows before, but in case you haven't seen the, uh, the point where we do price to quality when we're talking about cigars, mm. if it's, it's a scale of one to ten, but a five means you got what you paid for. Like you didn't overpay for it. it. It performed exactly like you would want a cigar at that price to perform. If it gets a six, it means, you know, I wouldn't have been disappointed if this had been a 7 or $8 cigar. Uh, so that's so that's where the six comes in. So uh, so room one hundred one. Big uh, big thumbs up for the Siri H N. Awesome and, and the fact that you can find a relatively inexpensive cigar that's that good. That's a that that's a big deal. So okay, we have lots of whiskey to taste here, and I'm very excited about it. So we're going to take a break. Uh, come back. Uh, talk to Nathan a little bit about uh, what's going on at Rio Brazos. How these guys are faring during all the craziness that we have uh, have been encountering. Uh, some distilleries are doing remarkably well Even better than they were doing Some are feeling the impact of, uh, of What the economy is responding to A little more than others So we'll talk about that And we'll also uh, get into Our seven uh, beers for summer Which we hope are not all shandies I'll, I'll whip that list out And we'll, we'll take a look It's Smoking a Toasting And, Toastin', and uh, we are on show number 196 And we'll be right back Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. It's show number one hundred and ninety-six. My name is Cruz, the erstwhile co-host. Across the uh, table from me is Mr. Ian Barry and Nathan Hi, Barkman yo. from Rio Brazos Distilling is here, and he's already pouring and. I, I I like Nathan already. This is the first time we've met, but I like him already. His pours are nice and generous, so uh, so so that's good. We were talking pours in the, with a heavy yeah. hand. We were talking during the break about how when you're doing these in in like tastings in uh, the stores, there's a, there's a limit to how much you can pour, right? Half ounce. Half ounce. You're not okay.
0: Supposed to, you're not supposed to pour more than a half ounce. You just right. poured one extra yeah. one there.
1: Just so you oh, know. We have uh, some of
0: those cups, please, sir. Yes, sir. Or,
1: just so you know, by the way, the. Uh, the half ounce rule does not pertain to smoking and toasting <laughs> broadcasts. So, so you can pour as much as you like. Uh, you poured a clear one uh, for us first. This is was this the first whiskey that you made at Rio Brazos? Yes, sir. Okay, when it's we, called when, Whistle Stop, and it's completely clear Texas whiskey. But I understand this is not moonshine. This is not a right. Uh, now, right. So, now,
0: because it's corn whiskey, it doesn't have to go into a. It never needs to go into wood. It needs to, does not necessarily need to go into a barrel. Okay. If it does go into a barrel, it needs to be a paraffin-lined barrel or uncharred so that it does not... Uh, Take
1: on characteristics of, of what it's right. in,
0: right? Right, to, for, the, for the most part. Now, um, our College Station can. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that That's a corn whiskey as well. So, so the
1: difference then between the Whistle Stop and the College Station, which I guess is what we'll taste next, is... In how they're aged, is that right? Exactly. It's, one, it's the same mash bill. Right. Okay.
0: One goes into a previously charred, uh, used. It's a, a used uh, barrel. So this is uh, one of the thirty-gallon small uh, number three char barrels that we have that we previously used to make the bourbon. Mm-hmm. We'll put essentially the same juice into into a, uh, a used into a used barrel. bourbon barrel. Right. And. and because it's a small barrel, and uh, after two years, it's still got a lot of the, 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 the goodies left into it. Right, you know, the, right. the char um, th- that makes those— some of, the,
1: some of the bourbon flavors that are soaked into the wood. Exactly. And, now, and then they'll transfer some of that, that to That
0: cinnamon it. and nutmeg and all those deep bourbon uh, you know, esters, mm-hmm. not as much. Right. But the caramel and the vanilla— it picks up a lot of that. And obviously, and the, that's where the, the coloring color, yeah, comes the, from. The, the tan. Exactly.
1: Yes. Well, uh Ian, I'm gonna tell you this smells like whiskey. It does. On the nose. It is very much a uh a sort it, of a straight whiskey type, type of vibe.
0: I, I'm supposed to tell you before you Ninety proof. Ninety proof. So, okay. Yeah, yes. that's why I always get in trouble for <laughs> Good that. Good to know. Ninety proof and, <laughs> and look at this pour.
1: So okay. All right. So uh so Ian, you uh, have you tasted already? I did. What what, I what did. are your thoughts on this?
2: Uh so initially on the nose, you can taste that, or you can smell that corn whiskey. It doesn't mm-hmm. have a whole lot of things going on on the nose. It's not... It's right, like not, I said, it smells like whiskey. Yeah, it yeah. smells like whiskey. It's not... It's You know, you, you don't get a whole bunch of notes of a bunch of things. Uh, flavor-wise, I, I don't know what I was expecting. I guess anytime I've had a whiskey that's clear, or something like a whiskey that's clear, it's been very harsh. Mm-hmm. This is not very harsh. Mm-mm. This is actually... Uh, clean and tasty, and very very corn whiskey flavor. Like yeah. there is no doubt. It it strikes me this is gonna. I I don't mean this in any way
1: to be um to be negative. I actually really like this about it. It kind of strikes me as sort of like a corn whiskey version of what a clear spirit like a vodka would be, where you get that sort of really single singular sort of uh, taste, and you get. There's not like a lot of other things sort of crowding in. You just no, get that it's very... real straightforward taste. But it's but unlike like you said, so many clears that are harsh. This is not at all. It's very easy. No, to drink. it has
2: a very very present whiskey hug that comes in after yep. after the finish. Um, it's not while you're drinking. It's after, and and you let it settle for a moment. Um, but it is very like what the word you used was singular. It's a very singular flavor. It's very sweet corn. Um, and it's delicious. And it's good. Yes, yeah. it is. It is good. It's uh, it's it's kind of a one trick pony that does that one trick really well. There, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting. Thank you.
1: <laughs> so this was the first one, and I want to mention you said you guys are almost eight years old mm-hmm. as a distillery, which means you were kind of on the leading edge then of the whole craft distilling uh, movement because so many of the, you know. Uh, craft distilleries that we talk to are more like three or four years old. Right. And, uh, and you and, guys have been doing this for a while. And
2: this, now here's one of the things. When you start up a distillery, you can't have aged whiskey.
1: Right, unless you're mixing other people's juice. Because you just juice, started right? the distillery. Sure. If
2: you're blending other people's juice, you, so you can have some it, age. but yeah, it So this is, there's no age on this, right? Uh, no. This is just straight into, there's no, and the reason it comes out so clear, I mean, it is just... Vodka like clear, clear. It comes
0: yep. right off the parrot of a like, pot still,
2: like water clear, mm-hmm. um, and no aging whatsoever, and still delicious. I think this would also be a
1: great mixer. It's it's wonderful just by itself, but if you think about this and you know some of your typical um, uh, whiskey oriented cocktails,
2: this this could be a great one for that. It's I, it's funny because I keep expecting all these different flavors because I'm drinking whiskey, but I'm not getting any of the any of the things that I expect, so it's kind of messing with my head just a little bit.
0: <laughs> it, it, it almost entirely missing the esters yeah. that right. are created I mean, there's no, in, in the barrel. Yeah, yeah, there's no
2: dryness from the oak of the barrel. There's no smokiness from the char. There's no vanilla. It's just that's and good. it's good. A lot
1: of times when people go for a moonshine or a clear whiskey spirit, they are looking for that purity, but this one is so much easier to drink you, than a moonshine or, or a Have you used this
0: clears. to mix? Yeah, so when you make a whiskey drink out of it, when you make a Manhattan out of it, it still brings a lot of that corn, that a corn a of corn, corn bread, sweetness, cornbread, right? yeah. corn sweetness. Um, but when you make a, a Cosmo you, or any of that, you know, like a, 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 a Smash or mm-hmm. any of those types, the minute you put fruit juice in it, lime, any kind of acid— it pretty much cuts straight through it, and it hmm. becomes a full-bodied, very round, mouth-filling vodka. So, interesting. So, interesting. Yeah. So there are quite a few, uh, especially local bars around College Station, that are using this as their uh, as their vodka uh, in a lot of these, uh, you know, s- so signature cocktails. Yeah, so right. this, the,
2: this, what is what is exactly then something like this? What is exactly the distinction between this and vodka? Is it just the corn and barley, or
0: is it? It's the it's the oil because because it comes off the still at such a low much lower vo- uh, a proof. Uh, in order to be vodka, it needs to come off the still at neutral at neutral. So at 95 percent, and it can't you on a on a pot still under normal atmospheric conditions, you can't distill much higher than 95 right. percent off the off the uh, right. off the still. Um, and with this. It's uh you know uh, six uh it com- it can come off the st- off the still at 170 proof wow um so that's much lower yeah or 160 proof actually I'm sorry it can come off the still at 160 proof um so you know coming off at 80 percent uh is is a much lower uh, alcohol coming off the still so it's it's bringing over a lot of oils. Mm-hmm. That's and that's where your flavors come from. Yeah, and these are, um, these are, yeah, I- I exactly. Corn yep. oil, uh, barley oil. Yeah,
1: the corn flavor is the predominant. It's very present. Thing that you're getting, yeah. and be, and because it's not aged in you know oak barrels or bourbon barrels uh, like the like the next one is, it's it's not picking up any of those flavors. So you're getting just the pure corn and oil uh, sort of vibe from it that that gives it a really it. The word that comes to my mind is pure. You know, it has a very pure uh, flavor That
0: that sweetness that a lot of people use the term sweetness, they feel like like I must have added sugar. There's no sugar in in anything that we've made ever. There's no additives at all. Uh, When those oils coat your tongue, it fools you into right. believing that there's, there's sweetness makes your palate right. sense Basically,
1: of sweetness, but yeah. it's really just the corn.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And this is funny because the more little sips I take of it, the more I actually like it. Yes. Like, and I liked it to begin with, but it it just it's kind of getting a little better on my palate. Yes. Um, so for anyone out there that's that's confused by this, because uh, we have some we have some people on here that that don't know a whole lot about the distilling uh, process, but um, if you distill vodka vodka, better vodka is distilled, they, you know it always says distilled three times distilled 19 times, whatever it is you're basically getting rid of all of those impurities to create the purest alcohol that you can and which that's what kind we of, call your high end vodkas. Right, which is less flavor quite frankly. Which is much yeah. less flavor right. and that's why it's such a neutral spirit this, um, the distinction being uh, by leaving in a lot of those mm-hmm. you end up with something that's kind of like vodka but has flavor. Right. And Very so in much. other and words, mouthfeel. you can use this instead of vodka in a lot of drinks and get
0: right. Now, if you put that in a Manhattan, it's not going to be the Manhattan that you're used that to. That you're used to, right? Because a Manhattan is designed to let, you know, especially an old fashioned to work with that uh, barrel age, Right. Let right. that bourbon show show through. Right. Um but as soon as you start playing all these, you know, cocktail games, and put in a fruit juice. Uh, most fruit juices are going to blast that oil out from your palate, and what you're left with is a very full-bodied, tasty. But it basically takes the place of vodka. Yeah, it
2: kind of, yeah, and, kind and of the neutralizes cup. the sweetness in this, and, and
0: right. And then, you know, and uh, a lot of a lot of bartenders like to play with that. This is the the aggie. Um, Moscow Mule is uh, so it's it's not a Moscow Mule, it's an Aggie Mule. Oh, gotcha! Gotcha. Or a College Station Cosmo or something.
1: Gotcha. So this was your first uh, first thing that you guys distilled. Mm -hmm. How long was it the only one before you came with the second?
0: Uh, About a year. Really? So so for a full year, this was your product, right? Yeah, and it was was a hard sell because nobody had ever seen it before. Everybody's Everybody's like, what is this? Everybody had heard of Moonshine, and I had to correct everybody. It's not a Moonshine. Moonshine doesn't have a definition under federal law, so you could put anything in a bottle and call Call it Moonshine. moonshine. Right. Right. Which, you know, when it started off, it was hip and trendy, and you got a lot of Moonshines that were really good. Uh, Anymore, the money isn't quite there. I mean, I don't want to throw any Moonshines under the bus because, sure enough, somebody's going to show me a Moonshine that, blows my you know blows my hair back right. but for the most part a lot of the moonshines have kind of gone to the lowest common denominator
1: yeah you know, that so. ma- and that makes sense now the difference between what we just tasted and the next one this is basically the same juice the same distillate but it's been aged for 1 month in oak barrels mashed distilled and bottled at Rio Brazos Distillery in College Station so i'll yeah. give you that can I, absolutely for can our, i
2: hold that to the camera for just a second yeah. i want to show the difference that the difference one, in the color, yeah, one month makes this much difference in the color, and this is how it starts, and this is what it
0: becomes after one month in it, that. so there's to so be, much to be honest, the one month it, it we've never released one that was less than three months. Ah, well. it does make a difference. It's more the one month is more of a cover your ass because we don't want to ever be accused of of being deceptive. Ah, that's the so. Uh, this, Somewhere, Wade Woodard just
1: put a good check mark beside their name, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because right? <laughs> right? he's Mr. Transparency. Um, but yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's it's great, it's great to know that if it says one month, that's the absolute minimum that it was uh, that it was aged. And you know, there's so much talk about aging when it comes to whiskey. It is really interesting. It's going to be interesting to compare side by side. What this juice right out of the of the still versus one to three months worth of aging, uh, w- what the difference is going to be, and so he's going to pour that real quick. And while he does that, um, maybe you want to get ready with our uh, with our pills.
2: I was going to. Would you mind handing me some glasses, please? I certainly will. I thought I sent some over earlier, but there we you did. Are. But he's using the glasses I laid out, and that's, that's just fine me.
1: That's all good. We got we got plenty of plastic cups, so. Um, Somebody asked me once, "Why do you guys use plastic cups instead of uh, uh, of Glen Karens? And my answer is, "Do you see how many whiskeys are up here? Yeah. <laughs> and That'd be a lot of uh, dishwashing at the end we're not, of the show." Yeah, so, we're not
2: doing the dishes here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So all right, all right. So we got a uh, now immediately you got more going on in the nose. That's the first thing that I that yeah I would say. much that, more complexity. and that makes sense, right? Yeah. So was this actually your second uh, uh, release, or did this come later? No, actually, the boxcar was technically our second second. Oh, release. the boxcar—that's okay. We'll get to that because uh, we've had that on the that's show. That's good and, stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I drank all of it. <laughs> um, uh, I think a bottle's in the way of uh, of something. There you go. Uh, well, I love this on the nose. It's got, it's got certainly more going on. Like you were saying, there wasn't as much going on on the nose uh, on on the very first one, but uh, this is. This is showing you a little more on the nose, and now you've already taken a sip, so talk to me, Goose. I have.
2: This, uh, that corn flavor is still very present. It has very, very similar profile in that uh, right up on the very, very front of the palate, but everything afterwards changes.
0: Well, yeah, the finish is, the vanilla. is remarkably There's different. There's a yes. bit of a,
2: almost a caramelly kind of thing mm-hmm. going on in there. There's a... Nose-wise, you can pick up that uh, the oak of the barrel.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's definitely there on the finish. You get, like you said, that vanilla and that. Uh...
2: It's it's interesting how much different the finish is. The finish has a lot more flavor than the previous um, than the previous whiskey, but also the whiskey hug. Is a lot less. There's a lot less heat overall in this. Mm-hmm, I what's
0: agree. the uh, What's the difference in the uh, alcohol content? Oh, on this? Uh, this is just like This is 90 proof.
2: Oh, 90 proof, the same, and it's so. Yeah. So we're apples to apples here mm-hmm. on that, and it's amazing how much the flavoring masks the heat of the whiskey on right. that. Right. Absolutely right.
1: amazing. It does have a little whiskey hug, but it's not bit. quite as uh, not quite as intense as the first one was. The,
0: uh, here you guys I believe that that has a lot to do with the, the, the amount of oil. There's yeah. a lot. We It's a very oily um, whiskey. We make no attempt to filter any of our products. Um, Please don't, because
1: that's what makes it so good. Well, <laughs> you know?
0: It really does linger. Like, that oil really lingers on the palate, too.
2: Like, it, it, the mm-hmm. flavors really linger.
0: Our, our, our pot still is made by uh, Trident Stills in Maine. Um, like, all of our equipment is, is uh, high-quality, made in America. Um, and when you're ma- when you're using very, very good uh, I- ingredients, um, Texas grown corn, Texas grown wheat, Texas grown uh, barley, Texas malted barley, um, and then you're putting it into a pot still, it's um, it's almost hard to it's hard to make uh, less lesser whiskey. Right. You 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 are uh, using such your ingredients are ingredients. Yeah. so good to start yeah. with. Yeah. I mean not to not to. Uh, diminish what I and my guys do on on uh, on the Spirit Run Day. Um, it would be hard for us to screw this up.
1: Now, I love that, but it, you know, it it really gets back to it: there's the water, the ingredients, and you know, Texas is a big state, and there's all kinds of different growing regions in terms of yes. of uh, of of growing different crops and, and different things that ultimately climate would go into a whiskey like this. But the fact is, in this state, you can source absolute top notch ingredients.
0: Yes. I- MBS Seeds, um, when we first started off now, that wasn't true. That was actually, I mean, I knew that they were growing it. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't get a hold of it because okay. I do- didn't have the clout and I certainly, <laughs> certainly did not have the money. Um, MBS Seeds is a company that, a uh, family owned Texas company that just started off. And they're the guys that go out and buy. Texas certified that this this, this corn was Texas. grown in West Texas. Right. right. This wheat, uh, red winter wheat, was grown in the Panhandle. Um, this barley malt, this uh, barley was grown up in North Texas and malted by Maverick Malts in, I can't remember, some small Texas town. Right. Um, in a floor malting facility, like an old Scottish, uh, you know. Love it. And so, you know, When you're starting off with these types of uh, distilling materials, like I said, it's...
1: And I appreciate that you say that. It is kind of hard to go wrong right? if you have some idea of what you're doing and you're using materials that are uh, of that kind of quality. So it's delicious. I I think this is uh, very drinkable and uh, should be in everyone's uh, liquor cabinet. Uh, Comes highly recommend. What is this retail for?
0: Oh, I believe that is gonna be roughly around thirty dollars see so 29 there's
1: no reason that can't be a, a regular thing yeah. in, in in your liquor cabinet it's it's very very good uh, Nathan we love doing uh, high-tech sound effects here on the show as you <laughs> I have, can uh, see a, as you can see uh, and Ian is Ian has gotten really 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 good at being mr. high-tech sound effects so. I, 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 I passing
0: this around yes uh, pass
1: a couple of them around here we'll uh, get one of these for Adam um, we are um, we're tasting a, a beer from the Offshoot Beer Company. This is their Unwind Hoppy Pills, and Ian, once you've done the pour, you can show that can to the camera. But uh, this that is that I
2: don't have to describe because yeah, uh, it pretty much describes itself, doesn't it? So the can here, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna kind of halfway between two different cameras there. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the can here is Offshoot Beer Company Unwind, and it's uh, it's a beach with a guy in a I'm going to describe it anyway because that's what I do. It's a beach with a guy in a, a fold-out, uh, you know, beach chair and a, and a and a big.
1: Ian, I didn't write down uh, from my notes where time. the uh, un, uh, offshoot beer company is located.
2: Can well, you find that on the can? I can find that on the can. Oh, from your friends at the brewery. Ah, uh, the brewery. Did you know that? I don't think I, I didn't did. Know anything no, about no. that? Uh, that's well. That's the brewery, which is the B R E U. Brewed and canned by Offshoot uh, Beer Company, can in uh, Placencia, uh, placentia, placentia? Placentia, California. Okay. Well, it, it's a, <laughs> it's, a, it, it's very hard not to say placenta, <laughs> right? Especially after you've had a. little after of you've it.
1: had a little of the corn whiskey, it's even harder. So uh, this is uh, this is great on the nose. It's uh, it's a pilsner, so. I was kind of expecting that, you know, kind of standard Pilsner uh, uh sort of aroma. But it's got a little it's more hoppy. than that. It's, it's got a little more than that going on. There's some hops IPA the kind of smell. Yep, yeah. yep. So it'll be interesting to I'm see sure. if you like this. Um I probably will because I'm the IPA guy, but uh. Mm.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay, I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. It's definitely gotten more hops though, yeah, than you're used to from uh from a Pilsner.
2: It's got a little bit of so- that in it. <laughs> i <laughs> sorry. We had a comment on here, and uh, uh Zach goes, uh, Apparently, uh, uh, placenta California is right next to Volva California. Oh, the, <laughs> of course, it is. One would expect nothing less. So, um, so interesting. It, it almost like it starts off IPA hoppy, like right yep. bang, burst on the tongue. I didn't even get anything after that one, the first sip. Um, of course, I have the influence of the whiskey on my tongue as well, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't get anything after that. The second sip, though, you can start tasting that barley influence yeah, on, some... the, uh, on a background. So, the first sip, I wasn't impressed. Second sip, I'm kind of liking a little more.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it's less hoppy on the second sip, too. Because mm-hmm. um, you do. Yeah, I think I had a little hop shock you, coming you, from the you whiskey. You do get there. A, just a little bit of hop shock on, on that first one, especially if you're expecting more of a typical kind of a pilsner taste. I really like this and I, and I think it's a I think it's a, a great thing for them to experiment with trying to do something really different with Pilsner because there's let's face it, so many Pilsners have that same sort of common taste and maybe a tiny bit of difference. This is much different, I think, than most of the Pilsners.
2: Yeah, once once the hop shock is worn off, I actually get a lot more on the nose now. What's the ABV on this? Five point seven. So so it's, it's reasonably high for a pilsner. Usually yeah, they're higher the, than you'd expect. Usually
1: they're in the four to five mm-hmm. range, four and a half to five. So um, this is yeah. I like it. I could drink this. I,
2: I like it. I like it a lot. And I bet. We, uh, I bet uh, this on a hot day out of a keg is pretty amazing. This and
1: uh, I think Stone makes a uh, a, a, a lager or a pilsner. It's the Thunder something. Uh, we've had it on the show before. Yeah, and it's the a hotter IPA. Yeah, yeah. But it's not an IPA. It's a it's a uh, it's a an actual uh lager and it's um, oh, okay. It's a they call it like a tropical lager. I oh think. that's right, that's and, right Because yeah, I, I
2: remember it's the white box. And
1: that, man, I, I buy that any time anytime I see it. I like this that. This is interesting
2: though. It's very citrusy right up front. Yes like, it is. Like very lime citrusy right up front.
1: So does it meet your expectation based on what the can looks like? Does this yeah, so seem I, like a beachside, pool side I think, side, it's, I think it's quite good. How are you of,
0: feeling about this one? Uh, yeah, this is uh, definitely a lawnmower. I think that... La- I think get, a lawnmower? Get, get, getting, yeah. getting done with the, you know...
1: Yeah, the, for sure. You've just done, you've just mowed that lawn. You've you've gone ahead and, and uh, confounded the deforestation... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> deforestation project. At Eddie's yard. Eddie's Eddie uh, yard, and you've done the lawn, and now you're sitting back for something cold, and this is perfect. This is one of those where you,
0: you start drinking it, and then you keep... Drinking keep it drinking. Yeah, it, yes, it's, it's kind of like
2: that. I, I kind of, and it's one of those where the more I drink it, the more I like it mm-hmm. too. So it's definitely mm-hmm. that's kind of a good which thing, which is definitely preferable to it going the other way. I've had a few of those.
1: Well, uh, that that Dos Equis um, uh, Mexican Pale Ale comes to mind that we had on the show. Where you are like the first sip, you like. Well, it's not that bad, and then the more you drink, the less you like it. <laughs> That's <Remember>? the opposite, <laughs> right? Yes. Right. This is the opposite of that. The, uh, the the first one, you're like, okay, pretty hoppy for a pilsner, but it's interesting. And then, like, by the time you've had you know two mm-hmm. or three sips of it, it is, it really kind of grows on your palate. I
2: have a feeling, and this is a this is a, a tall boy. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that if we were sitting outside by the pool. And you had a six-pack of these. That I would crush one of these before I even realized it. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, I think that's what would
1: happen. Very easy to drink for sure. All right. Well, we'll put this. We'll add this to our list of the uh, uh, six or seven. Whatever there was seven beers that were made for summer. Yeah. It is, it is definitely deliciousness. All right, a little tasting has begun. We have drinking news still on the way. Plus, we want to talk about how the pandemic has affected uh, cigar stores. A very interesting report on that that we will share with you in the next segment. We're smoking and toasting. Yes. Real quick. Yes.
2: Go back to your uh, whiskey. Yeah? It almost has a chocolatey note now. This is to the uh, a College Station whiskey.
1: Mmm. I did not notice that before. Excellent. Oh. We'll be right back. It's yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: that is weird.
0: I didn't pick up on any real chocolatey notes in that. I've got to see them so gotta have something <laughs> to stripping. Yeah, yeah. It's really cold because the, the wax gets a little. It's really cold. So you've got the part that you're trying, trying to be cool. Pops off a you of wax. Hits the guy in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's smoking the Toastin'. Show number
1: 196, the uh, wonderful sounds of the Suffers from Houston, Texas. And uh, we are so glad to be uh, on show number 196. We're so glad uh, to have Nathan here from Rio Brazos Distilling. He is pouring the boxcar, which we've had before, but I think, Ian, as you pointed out, it was a number of shows ago, and uh, that, that bottle's... You know, been gone. That bottle's been gone. Yeah. Yes, that bottle's been gone for a while. But, uh, but it's good stuff.
2: Somebody Uh, gave me a bottle box car. I I can't remember if it was birthday or Christmas. Yeah. Was it you? Might have been. (laughs) Might have been. Anyway, I I know I got it as a gift, and I hadn't tried it before. Yeah. So, uh, and then I brought it on the show.
1: Okay. Well, it's. It the bottle certainly has and been gone. Let for a me
2: while. point out that there are some things that I've gotten for free that did not make it on the show.
1: Yeah, I understand this. There's been. Hey, listen. <laughs> there's plenty of times I buy something to bring on the show, and I bring the bottle in. There's not that much left. So well, I was uh, <laughs> I was going the other direction. Yeah. <laughs> I,
2: got, I got given a bottle of rum one time that oh I, there was no way I was bringing it on the show. It was it was like. It, uh, you have to use Malort to get rid of the I taste. I was just saying, says, says
1: the guy who's brought Malort on the show <laughs> yeah. twice. So, uh, <laughs> so it must it must have really not been good. Uh, uh, they a, a new uh, survey out, a new uh, article in Cigar Aficionado magazine uh, talked about how uh, cigar stores are, are doing during the pandemic. That that's of course been the biggest issue on retailers' minds as it's affected you know the economy as it's affected your ability to. Um, you know, put as many people in your lounge if you have a cigar lounge, which most of the of the stores do. Here's what the chart says. And it's really interesting because it's mixed. Shops reporting a decrease in sales during the pandemic, 43.7%. Shops reporting an increase in sales, 41.4%. Ooh. So, as you can see, it's really affecting different shops different ways. Flat sales, 14.9%. Uh, and shops that reported some degree of closure during the pandemic, 64%. Mm. So, obviously, the shops that are reporting either the decrease or the increase, these are shops that have managed to remain open in at least some fashion during the pandemic. And, obviously, from state to state, the regulations and rules have been different, and some of them have gone, have come and gone. Some are still in place. So it really is, we, we're fortunate here in Texas that our shops have been able to remain Open as long as they practiced appropriate social distancing. I know the guys at uh, Casa de Monte Cristo mm-hmm. where you smoked your cigar this morning. You know they've started doing curbside. You can call them and say, "Hey, I need uh, this cigar and this cigar mm-hmm. and this cigar." They'll put them in a bag. You know, check you out over the uh, over the phone, and then you know, bring it and hand it to you as you drive by. Which I love the concept of like barely slowing down and getting cigars. <laughs> <Isn't that awesome? laughs> right. I just love this concept of getting cigars in, in any.
2: Fashion really but uh, but anyway Well but, or in your case your top's down they just toss it Yeah in yeah. I'm going to drive car. by just throw it in uh, <laughs> So uh,
1: but no But I do love uh, you know the humidor Is one of the few places Where I actually shop usually mm. when I If I go in I'm buying shoes I go Okay that pair I try them on if they fit I'm gone You know but cigar stores Yeah that that's where I enjoy Browsing so you can still do that Fortunately you know have to take The proper wear a mask precautions And wear a mask oh and by the way I have a little mask public service segment I'd like to do on the show. So I'm going to take my headphones off. Of it. This is just – you know, and this is not about politicizing whether to wear a mask or not to wear a mask. If you want to survive and want the people around you to survive, you wear one. That's just the simple – That's pretty simple, right. But I wanted to pass this on because I've noticed as I've been out in the community – and seen people. And in Texas, mac- masks are mandatory now. Mm-hmm. So you're supposed to be wearing them anytime you're in um, you know, any kind of a business establishment or whatever. But I just wanted to point something out. This is the proper way to wear a mask. Yes. If you are wearing your mask like this, <laughs> you might as well not
2: bother. Yeah. You're accomplishing nothing. You might as well put it on your head. Right. Because you're getting almost yeah. the same amount. So for public service... Correct.
1: Incorrect. Okay. Thank you for being with me during that little, uh, demonstration. I, I, I just I can't believe how often I see that. It's amazing, isn't right. it? Because look, I understand that it's more comfortable to be without a mask than to be with one, but why would you go for the discomfort and none of the effectiveness? Yeah. It makes no sense to me. So. Yeah, anyway. I mean,
2: if you're going to wear it below your nose. Yeah, then don't wear it at all. Okay. Well, and or, or, there's always or that guy up. who'll be like, "Well, you're getting some benefit. You're covering your mouth." Yeah. No.
0: No. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> not really.
2: But, but I mean, you might as well cut a hole in it to use it right. for a straw. Exactly. You know, I mean, like that would be the same kind of thing. I, I don't. Like, yeah. why is it difficult? Yeah, that's that's my question. Yeah. Why is it difficult? Well, it it, it isn't really. And how many people have? Medical conditions that prevent yeah. them from wearing yeah. a mask. Let me see your yeah. doctor's note. Probably not.
1: Show me a doctor's note. You're fine. And, and you know what? what? It, it really
2: ruins it for the people that do have issues like
1: that. That's right. Absolutely, it does. Absolutely, you know? it does. So, all right, on to the whiskey. Uh, this is boxcar. So, we've had this one on the show before. Yes. You've uh, put away a bottle of this at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is, is this what you remember, is my first question.
2: This is light, refreshing whiskey. It is delicious it has hints of chocolate and cinnamon on the end. Oh, I love and this. vanilla the vanilla lingers a long oh, a time in a wonderful way, And too. that great mineral water kind of finish to it as well that I really enjoy. So Boxcar
1: um, what this one came out you said after the uh, was it after the clear? was it the second one that you released was Boxcar? Yes. Okay, so you had just the uh, just the initial uh, whiskey for the first year, then Boxcar came out. Did that change things for uh, the distillery? Was this because I, I can only yes. imagine this was a runaway hit? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Definitely. This is um, remains um, technically our our best seller as mm-hmm. far as bottles go.
1: Makes sense. And the retail on this is around what? Thirty bucks. Thirty bucks. See, yeah. I don't know that I could recommend you a thirty dollar whiskey that's tastier we, than this. It's
0: just fantastic. We're basically um, trying to compete with our. Uh, Northern royalty neighbors, okay. yeah. The, the guys with the uh, the guys in the velvet bag. Mm-hmm. Um, if oh, you if you're these... bu- if you're buying that and you're using that as your well,
2: everybody who plays D and D knows exactly you what you're talking about. <laughs> you <should. laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, there you go. Exactly.
0: But
1: this is so much better
0: than that, though. Yeah,
1: I
2: like it. I, mean, I, I like
1: I, it much Don't more. you think it's the flavor just feels so much more?
2: I don't know, so much more pure. There's a there's a certain this has a delicacy to the flavor. Thank you. That really kind of comes through. You really enjoy it. And it um I enjoyed this. When I got this, I tried it and I
0: didn't know what to expect. Um, this was designed for the tailgate. This was oh, it's this perfect was for that. Yeah. Design easy
1: drinking, lots of flavor. Yeah. I will uh, also tell you the, that it,
0: the lowest proof. Uh, at 80 this is 80 proof. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the only only whiskey we've ever made that we've we've put at that and specifically so that it could be by design thrown around by bartenders and used on the fly at you know tailgates uh Mm -hmm. shot bars
2: this makes a really good manhattan it makes uh it's great with a couple chips of ice in it Mm -hmm. Uh, just sitting around and sipping it like this uh and that's the two ways that I've had it, <laughs> or straight, which <laughs> is also but, delicious. But I just love the flavors on the fish. And finish. it also, this particular uh, this particular whiskey, and I'm going to compare it a little bit to Buffalo Trace because we're in the same price category, same price category. As, yep. as Buffalo Trace, which I also think is a brilliant whiskey. Um, and much like that, both of these will pair with any cigar. Right. I mean, it just has a flavor profile that will lend itself To just about any cigar.
1: So, if you're doing the whiskey sniff and you come across this one, this is a candidate. Yes, for sure.
2: And it's funny because I remember when I had this uh, uh, bottle at my house, even bigger flavor cigars, because I tend to like the medium to full a lot of times, even Mm -hmm. bigger flavor cigars, the way this profile on this uh, particular whiskey hits your palate. It the, the bigger cigar doesn't usually grind it out. It usually kind of works around it. You know, flavors that work around each other versus
1: versus combining with each, with each other.
2: other or competing with each other. And it has that quality to it. Uh, and that was one of the distinct things that I remember about this whiskey.
1: Yeah, it's just so easy to drink. That's what I, that's what I love. It's like you you're you could pour this for people who are like, yeah, hey, I'm not really a whiskey person. Oh, well, here, try this. Yeah. You know, it, it's one of those. It's a it's a gateway whiskey.
0: That's exactly. I lo- I actually love that term. That's... <laughs> but it
1: really is because, like, like my wife is not big on whiskey, but she would love this. You know, she if I, if I bring you know bring out some of the really overproofed crazy stuff, you know, uh, it's it's just not not to her palate. She's a rum girl, but I could pour her this and she would love it. I guarantee yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Guarantee you. That's so, That was the point. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you definitely succeeded, and at that price point, I mean, it's like it's so yeah. easy to try. You know, it really it really is. Excellent. All right. We're going to do uh, another whiskey in this segment. So where are you sending us uh, next, oh, Nathan? Uh, to the bourbon. To the bourbon. Okay. So that is going to be... This is my baby. That guy right there. All right. Ah. So so this uh, this other bottle, while he's opening that one, this other bottle looks very much like the one that we had on the show three, four weeks ago, uh, which I bought at Specs, which yes. was a single barrel. This is the same bottle... But uh, but this one is the bourbon, so this right. will be a very interesting thing to
0: uh, uh, right. to taste and try. Essentially um. the same thing, right? But um, but that black on black on gray label mm-hmm. indicates that this was purchased by someone who came in
1: said we um, want that whole barrel. Tasted right.
0: each, tasted the barrels that you know from mm-hmm. any barrel they wanted to taste. I popped open the bung, put in a thief. Gave them a little little taste. Yep, and they they decided which one they wanted, and when they did, they wrote their name on it. Oh,
1: so when that happens, that that will be like a particular retailer, yeah, and oh. uh, you, it, most most of the time, or, or would it be something? So far,
0: else? it's been um, it's been a retailer, mm-hmm. um, specs a distributor, okay, allied, and. Uh, a couple of uh, steakhouses. Okay, so you know.
1: so if a distributor were to come in and say, "Okay, we want this barrel," um, then that would be available to the outlets, the retail stores they distribute to. Exactly. In the case of Specs, you would have to you would have to go to, specs to, go to, to get, specs to get it. And yeah. and I would guess probably even maybe only one or two locations of Specs. It makes you know it uh, makes sense. It also, in, that
2: you know? you'd have uh, steakhouses. Um, I have extra glasses got it. somewhere. I got okay. it. I got you. It makes sense that um, the steakhouses, too, because it's, if you're going to have a steakhouse and you're going to have a great steak, and you're going to have the exclusivity of saying our steak is awesome, Yeah. pair it with this whiskey.
1: Right, and and you're looking for something that
2: and feels it, like it's supposed to go I will go tell you, that. whiskey and steaks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: well, there's a reason that places like B&B Butchers, uh, which have been a sponsor uh, of the show for quite some time, there's a reason that they have such a... An an expansive selection of whiskeys and bourbons because, let's face it, whiskeys and steaks. You know that's oh yeah that's one of the things. So so looking at this in color, I'm I'm just I've still got a little of the boxcar left. This is a much deeper uh, amber. Yeah. The box is a little more straw colored. This is a much deeper Almost amber reddish
0: uh, for the bourbon. Yeah, got a little bit of a so, reddish tone. So here. we're using thirty uh, gallon barrels instead of your standard fifty three gallon barrel. It's um, it's not as you know. They call it a small barrel program. It's not as extreme as when they put them in those little itty bitty right liter barrels. I mean, most people can't really see the difference between thirty and fifty three gallons. But you get more more contact with a thirty with a smaller barrel. Yeah, the right. they, you get, the you surface get, to volume ratio yeah. of whiskey to char, right, is, yeah. the, is what juice we're going to wood
2: for. we like to
1: call it. know yeah.
0: exactly. And it's uh, you know, and same thing, um, slightly different. Uh, uh, This is only seventy percent corn, uh, twenty two percent hard red winter wheat, Mm -hmm. and eight percent malted barley. Right, um, which gives it a little bit of a. There's there's a slight difference in the flavor, but. Uh, I've stopped describing it because no one, <laughs> no one agrees with me. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I, it's I, but but uh, it, it, this is kind of our this is our baby. So I
1: noticed that there's writing on the label of the bottle. You've got batch 17 on here, and you've yep. got the uh, uh, 1.5 year aging. You mm-hmm. got the 45 percent alcohol by volume. Does that mean that if I see this at retail, that different bottles will be different? Potentially from each other. In other words, this exactly. isn't this isn't brewed to a particular standard. This no. is, you're like this is this batch.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Then uh, similar to the to similar to the single barrel in that, you know, everything is is different uh, according to what was called for at that time. But the person who wrote on that took a proof, right? Put it in the hydrometer, put it in a, put uh, actually put the whiskey in the cylinder, took a hydrometer reading. And that person that signed it, I think. In this case, yeah, that's going to be my wife. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, Honey, would you is sign the, these bottles? Is for the, exactly. <laughs> is the person responsible well, so, for?
1: So I, I love this. To me, this is one of the, the beauties of craft distilling. Yeah. That it's not just about. Although with Boxcar, I'm sure you you blend and your your master distiller is always working to make sure that's consistent. Mm-hmm. But then you've got these other lines where it's like. You know, this may be different, but we really liked how this came They just have to be consistently right. good. Right. Exactly. exactly. They don't have to be consistent. The, they have
2: to yeah. be consistently good. I, I find that exciting. I know a lot of people <clears throat> tend to buy the same flavors over and over again, whether it's beer or whether it's whiskey or whether it's uh, whatever it is you're drinking. You know, like some people drink nothing but Dr. Pepper. Um right. Or whatever. I personally love the diversity. I love to be able to go. This one's a little different from that one, or try mm-hmm. different things because I'm not always in the mood for that one thing.
1: You gave away your Texasness there, by the way, by using Dr Pepper as your reference. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a Texas. Well, for a lot of people, <laughs> I mean, you can find it's Coke. It. You or can find it everywhere, but Texas or it, Dr Coke Pepper or whatever. Rules.
2: Yeah, I mean, for but a lot of people do that. I mean, a lot of people do that with beers. You know, they mm-hmm. they pick their uh, their uh, big box beers and they go, okay, this is all I ever drink. Well, mm. I told you about that whole
1: documentary that I watched yeah. about Anheuser Busch. They have
2: competitions. What a weird
1: culture that is. They have competitions amongst their brewers, their master brewers, at their various breweries around exactly. the world. And the competition wasn't who could make the, make best, the best beer. beer. No. It was who could who make, make the, the, the b- most consistently consistent Budweiser tasting Budweiser.
0: And that's a that's a thing about uh, about Bud Bud and Bud Light, right? As far as the you know what brewers use to actually judge themselves, Mm -hmm. Budweiser and Bud Light are the best beers that have ever been made, according to those standards. Right. You could go back to 1972 to Tokyo in a time machine and you taste that beer, it should taste exactly like the beer you just bought at Anvil. Right down the street. Well, this this I don't know if Anvil will actually say yeah, that, right. but, but, but
1: but they have some great stone <laughs> well, beers. Okay, on that was a good example. So, but, but, <laughs> but yes, but I, but I know what you're talking about. Uh, but yeah, in this documentary, and I've talked about this on That's the show. A before, weird culture. It really is. These these brewers are. I mean, they're obsessed with this competition, mm-hmm. and you know, hats off to them for being, you know, really really into what they do but the idea isn't who made the best, best beer, beer. Not the at idea all. is it's all well, about who made the most consistently Budweiser-y I, budweiser budweiser exactly i
2: understand if you have a brand that's as big as that then part of your quality control is to make sure that your brand sure, that, as the, far as you the that distribution, every time i buy a, a budweiser I'm, i know what i'm getting and there is i guess a value to that but but you know in, in right. the united states um diversity has been in and out of style mm mm-hmm. mhm a lot of times and throughout the 60s and 70s and especially in the 70s into the 80s i think especially uh the homogenization of our food stuff of of like making everything as consistent as possible so that when you go to McDonald's no matter where you are it's always the exact yeah, same. Yeah, the Big thing. Mac always tastes the same. Yeah, right. or or Burger King or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you look at it the same thing, Luby's cafeteria, you know, you mm-hmm. get the you get the big thing of fish which is basically just a tartar sauce delivery system. Mm-hmm. And it's the same. <laughs> it's the same no matter where you go. All right. Uh, there, so there there is a certain value in that but uh, I think that I think that our culture is Is a little hampered by that because when I go to uh, when I go to the fisherman's wharf. In San Francisco and the first place I see is Joe's Crab Shack, it makes me sad inside. Right. Well, absolutely. And it's, right. that's not a rip on Joe's Crab Shack, it's just you can no, go to that, that anyway. Joe's Crab Shack is what it is. Right. You know, it's not a place I like to go. I'd rather go to good company seafood. Or I'd right. rather go, to, you know, somewhere like that to me is more interesting right. than being able to get the exact same thing here as I do in San Francisco. I don't want to go to Las Vegas and eat at Denny's for
0: breakfast. Right. But it this, makes is, no sense. this is this this is right here. This is the craft. Mindset that that has allowed us To stay in business at all Well that's right and you're
1: you're 100% right about that And that's what's beautiful about about The craft beer movement Mm -hmm. About the craft distilling movement And to some degree about the cigar industry Is these differences Are celebrated I'm a huge A.J. Fernandez fanboy I love his cigars I've been really taking notice lately Buying different Cigars, even boxes sometimes Of different A.J. cigars and really telling the difference between the blends he blended this one for this kind of a, of of a of an experience he blended this one for more yeah. of this kind of experience that to me is is fascinating and is part of what i love about this whole you know, this right. whole area that we're in. And in, in distilling, I feel like it's it's the same way. By the way, we haven't talked about this. This bourbon is delicious. <laughs> it is delicious. <laughs>
2: Thank you. This bourbon starts super soft yes. at the front of the palate.
1: But you get some heat on the back. And then
2: comes in right about in the middle with a little bit of a heat and then a spicy kick at the end that's yep. really, really fun. And then that same mineral aftertaste that you've had pretty consistent through all these that I really enjoy. This has a little more of that kind of cinnamon Almost a baking spice thing going on yes. at the tail
0: end of it that I yes. kinda of
2: get. And a nice little uh it's subtle, but a nice little whiskey hug that
1: comes back to you yeah. after after the finish, which is uh,
0: great. Here again I'm supposed to say before I pour everything, ninety proof. Okay, gotcha. We we do at the tasting room we'll have these uh younger younger guys that'll come in and do that thing where they you look at each other, you look at your whiskey, you tap it on the bar and you throw it yes. back as, fast as you can but down it's, your throat it's... to make sure you don't taste it. Right. Th- that's, that's the whole point of that, exactly. By the way, that's the
2: harshest way to drink whiskey. It, it
0: totally is. And it, Every time it happens in front of me, I'm just like, and that was 45% alcohol. Oh, <laughs> don't
1: forget it. Well, it's, it's interesting, and we talk about this all the time when we do uh, shows on tequila. We always say... You know, no salt or lime will be harmed during our tequila shows because because if if you have to throw it back fast, I'm not I'm not interested. Yeah, Yeah, not that's not the tequila I want. That's not the tequila I'm looking for, and uh, these are not the
2: tequilas. Well, it's funny. (laughs) I I have some friends that live around the corner, and and we get together and we play Cards Against Humanity or whatever. We do this every once in a while, and it's it's (laughs) a a quick bicycle ride from my house to his house. You know, so yeah. Um, But I'll go over there, and they drink a lot of Jameson. And I think Jameson is a fine whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that, but they always do shots. Bam! They shoot it down. And they put a so shot glass that... in front of me, and I sip it the entire time. I just, yeah. I don't, I just. You see that in
1: the that movies way. too. They're always throwing back the whiskey, or or they're taking the bottle and taking a huge chug. Right.
2: There's no point in that. Let me go ahead and point out that I did enough of that in my. Well, yeah, there was college. I went to college. I may have done enough of that in my thirties. By the way, I just want to say I think I'm over it. I, I did
1: the public service announcement about the masks earlier. Now I have a second public service announcement. Since you bought up, brought up, uh, brought up uh, cards against humanity, ladies and gentlemen, never play cards against humanity with your parents. <laughs> Not a good idea. Okay,
2: I could see that being very oh, bad Awkward,
1: that's more awkward than the whiskey hug That's what that is <laughs> uh, so, Well this this is absolutely delicious Now I, I realize that if I see a bottle of this in the mm. store and buy it That I'm going to get something that's probably slightly different from this one Because it probably came from a different batch or whatever Possibly, yes But if you're, as we said, may, maybe not consistent but consistently good If your other batches are of the same Quality is this. This is a huge thumbs yeah. up because it's Thank it's you. absolutely delicious. What would what would a bottle like this be likely to cost at retail?
0: This goes up to fifty. See, the, see, you're still not talking
1: about a prohibitive price for a great bottle yeah. of bourbon. You know, it really is. and and let's let's be honest. We talk about this a lot. As the spirits go, you're very often paying a lot more for a real quality whiskey than you are for a real quality rum or. Tequila or Jen.
0: Right. Well, that's that's the that's the that's the really that's the the, the issue with collecting whiskey. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess, sure. But but this, I think, the
1: quality is is much higher than what I would be expecting from a fifty yeah. dollar bottle. And that's, I mean, that, I think that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, that that's the idea. Is that we got to the point where we could actually put it out. We've got some barrels now. Um, we want to. We want to make it available to people
1: during pandemic time. Have you noticed a change in your business? Has it been? I know people are drinking more, but does? But how is how has it affected you guys?
0: Um, And I know this isn't universal across the board. Sure, but I think it's different for everybody. By the way, we're very um, we're we're we benefit a lot from the craft. Cocktail bars, a lot of which are fifty-one percent, f- right. which have been shut down, right. um, uh, with prejudice. The uh, uh, on the other side, the the hotels, the hotels that tend to carry our products are these ultra premium, super high-end super hotels, high-end sure, hotels yeah. that all lost their conventioners Sure, all lost yeah. their so, so all of this impacts everybody's on, bottom line on the involved. wholesale side. It's not been good, right? Um, we have we have some friends um, that like us because uh, because we're Texas mm-hmm. and we really are Texas uh, as opposed to I'd say about eighty percent of the Texas whiskeys mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on the shelf we are we are owned and operated in College Station, Texas. You're That's owned and operated.
1: I, you're using Texas grown yeah. uh,
0: ingredients. My wife and I own this company one hundred percent. And you know, our two kids that's that's, awesome. that's the that's that's who owns this. Um, that's you, not tr- very few. Oh, you count them on one hand, right? Uh, you know, and we owe a huge debt to men like uh, you know, Dan Garrison, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tito Beverage, we Chip love Tate, those guys. Um, these guys, uh, uh, Mark Schilling, these guys, uh, paved the way. We could not have done any of them. What we're 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 getting away with now we could not have done that without guys like that i'm missing i could be dropping names all day sure sure but uh, we understand what you're saying
1: though they these are guys that kind of paved the paved the way, way not, for only, Texas not, not only not only for
0: little guys like me but also for um you know the pretenders as right, well right. so i get it i get it i totally do but you know what's what's awesome
1: to me is that what i sense from you as you're talking about this and describing what you're mm-hmm. doing is I sense, it it's it is a business. Of course, it is, and mm-hmm. and you want to, if you have a business, you want to make money. There's no shame in that. But what I love is also sensing the passion that you have for yeah. what you're doing. To yeah. me, that's what, that you know, you're going to make good business decisions because that's what you need to do. But the passion is what's going to drive something tasting like this. In in my opinion, so you know,
0: the the bourbon really started in in Alaska. We I, uh, I went to Alaska to get a job as a, a political reporter oh. I was covering um, I was covering in Texas I was covering uh, at the Marshall News Messenger at uh, Dallas Morning News I was covering mainly um, uh, meth lab busts <laughs> and I went from Meth Lab to Meth Lab to Meth Lab and it was not exactly enough uplifting experience yeah, I can only imagine yeah went to Alaska to get a, a job as a managing editor uh, my girlfriend then she's my wife now. Moved up there uh, To To be with me And our The woodshed That we were renting At Mm -hmm. the time Burned down With everything we owned in it Oh my gosh We went to We uh, We got Kind of homeless We lived in the attic Third story attic Of a guy Old Vietnam vet had uh, There was a reason he was living out on in Bush, Alaska, out on, on the tundra. Of course there was. <laughs> but we still don't know what that reason was. <laughs> he, uh, he had built a Victorian-style cottage on stilts on the tundra. And he, t- he was the guy who taught me how to drift net for salmon, and how to fix my snowmobile, and how to... What a fascinating story. To use a 55-gallon drum and a copper coil and a soldering iron to turn uh, cornmeal and flour... Into whiskey, wow! What now, a of great course, great story. Uh, to make sure everybody understands, I never actually helped him do this, of course, because that would have that would be illegal, be exactly. Yes, so, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when I got back, that was when I got the idea for for, uh, for, well, for that. For,
1: what what a great story! I love that. And <laughs> and he was able to uh, he was able to tell the story of being a political reporter in Alaska. And I was just, I was going to say the only. Politician I know from Alaska would be Sarah Palin. So uh, be, beyond that, I have no idea what Alaska politics <laughs> would be like. So uh. it's about like that. Okay. <laughs> so, so from this uh, from this uh, upstairs attic place where you were mm-hmm. staying in the man's house, could you see Russia?
0: Not quite. Okay. Bethel just, just Bethel is, is southwest uh, okay. uh, yeah. Alaska. Right. So. <laughs> Pretty close, though. <laughs> just checking. Well, welcome back to Texas. I will
1: say belatedly, because after <laughs> you've lived in Alaska, not not you know, dogging on Alaska. I mean, it's a wonderful experience. But I bet you're happy not to be shoveling anything during the winter.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Best. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: uh, just just to bring it back to the bourbon, this is wonderful. This is a yeah. really, you just sense the craft and the, and the you know the passion that went into this, and the flavors just marry so well. Um, that's wonderful. Uh, this is, you know, we we often talk about how smoking and toasting directly impacts sales, and here's an example because I will be buying some of this. Yes. This is this is just absolutely fantastic. Uh, all right, let's take a break. We have some more beers to taste. We have drinking news coming up. It's it's definitely time for that, and uh, I am looking forward to uh, getting now into some of the uh, single barrel stuff. And then what is this back here? You've got a, a bottle down behind here called chimney hill what is
0: chimney hill um so essentially what we're doing is we're once it becomes straight i.e. 2 years in a first use charred oak barrel right in this case two first use charred oak barrels okay then we take it and i we we last year we purchased a bunch of uh sauternes casks from a broker that takes that brings them straight over from france um as soon as they are d- emptied so i'm, I'm going to we take show my ignorance here sauternes is what sauternes is a type of wine okay. that depends on most uh, a good portion of the fermentation actually happening in the grape it's called a late harvest a late harvest so these must be very interesting barrels then yeah they're well yeah that the the I wish everybody could have the experience of popping open a Sauternes cask uh, for the first time. Oh, it's wow. a 60-gallon cask, and out of our 30-gallon barrels at, at, at after two years, we're only getting about between 20 and 25 gallons of whiskey out of that. We put, you know, 23, 24 gallons of whiskey into a 60-gallon hogshead, uh, a 60-gallon uh, you know, wine cask that's already got a little bit of, Saw Turn's wine sloshing around in the bottom of it. (laughs) Oh, awesome. You know, one use, one barrel into one cask. And out of that one cask, we draw what's left after three months of uh, it says finished. Um, and I, you know, personally promise you that that's, a, that's, that's three months. Bourbon whiskey cases. All right. Yeah. Uh, all
1: right, Cass. All right. So we'll get to that as well. I'm looking forward to that because now you've got my curiosity totally mm-hmm. peaked for that. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll take a break, and we'll be uh, right back. More beer on the way uh, as well. As a matter of fact, uh, in the next segment, we'll be tasting this Skullberry Strawberry Milkshake IPA. Looking forward to that.
3: Skullberry.
0: hurt um but instead of coming out of four or five barrels cuz it's a very small batch so when we when we bottle, of, uh, when we bottle a uh bottle the batch of, of bourbon you know, in the, the bac- beginning um, it's not much just no a 1 point we had a, a whole set of, uh, in the industry I like, don't you just barrel it you just do it by the batch, right? By, right, by the, by the by the
1: barrel. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, smoking and toasting. It's show number one hundred and ninety-six. We're talking great summer beers, and we got Rio Brazos distilling in the house. So we will be doing a beer in this segment. We'll be doing the Skullberry, uh, but let me go and find uh, my list here of the great summer beers, and let's see let's see where we go from this. And we'll save uh, we'll save drinking news for our for our final segment here. This is uh, this is segment number four. So. Uh, All right, Uh, Ian. I'm having to look for a moment. So uh, while
2: I stall, uh, tell people what you're uh, smelling there. Well, so this is a single barrel, and this is a one year age single barrel, one year age. So this is this is going to be similar,
1: I think, but different, but similar to the one one that we tried that that was the uh, single barrel that I bought at Specs. See, we're all smoking to toasting already influencing sales. So this is a chocolate <laughs> bomb.
2: Yeah. Oh, with cinnamon. Oh. And vanilla. All right, you're making me go to my uh to my drink here. And and oaky wonderful finish. Mmm. Mmm. Yeah. Like I would just wear this like cologne. <laughs> and and I'd want to hang out with you mm-hmm. if you were doing that. <laughs> Wow. This has a kind of a breadiness or a, like a almost a cookie dough or like a kind of a baking kind of thing to it that's yeah. so good. And the really spice on the tail end, I really enjoy it. There's a little bit of the heat that follows with the spice, but it's like a cinnamon way back of the throat, lingering mm-hmm. spice. It's well, you're so right about that. Incredibly interesting.
1: You're so right about that. It is really really good on the palate too.
2: Cinnamon. S- lots of cinnamon. Yeah, like the aftertaste of this is like uh you know when you get past the outer shell of that atomic uh fireball. Mhm. Ah. And you get to the sweet part but you still got that lingering cinnamon. <laughs> I you this is <laughs> this is also obviously a little more grown up than that, but it's it kinda of reminds me of that. I like it. Well, you're totally right about that though. Like I, I don't mind that at all. If there's well
0: <laughs> if,
1: if there's anything to love about Fireball, it is that sentiment, right? That's that's what makes you go, "Okay, to your buddy whoever it was that bought that round of
2: of a Fireball. Okay, I'll drink this with you." You know? Yeah, but there's a there's a chocolaty Like since we're talking about candy, let's imagine you take a whatchamacallit Mm. Call it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Those are delicious, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's. <laughs> that's a, I'm following. But it's that kind of the chocolate wafery crispiness, and there's a little bit of that, a little bit of that like uh, uh, sweet baking spice in there that you get in a good, like a sweeter bread or a, like a not mm-hmm. so sweet yes. cookie dough. but right, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Something like that. It's it's a little hard to put my finger on, but then it's. Ch- covered in chocolate and cinnamon, like I can't—I can only imagine how good this would go with a snickerdoodle. Oh man, like I, that would be. Huh. <laughs>
1: my wife makes the greatest snickerdoodles. Yes, yeah, she does. Known she makes yeah. actually. Oh my
2: god, they're good. But that's what—that's what I want to have with this because I think that those flavor profiles would just be amazing together. Well, this—I yeah. uh, I wanted to.
1: That's. I, I just wanted to mention that this is this is really delicious and it's so complex. But it is different from what I remember from the uh, single barrel bottle that I bought at Specs. This does not taste the same as that, which, again, goes back to what we were saying about the beauty of these differences from one batch to the next and and, and how they're aged and how they're prepared and, and exactly what, I mean, you know, distillers have talked forever about where the barrel sits in the room. Can have a different effect on on the flavor that ultimately comes out of there.
0: With with my bourbon, it's important to remember that I we're not makers mark. We do not have that system of uh, where the the barrel every barrel moves right. according to uh, so that it it it's sits yeah. it sits in every place in the distillery in in the in the rick house mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. it um, it sits where it's put. And yeah, they're a little hard to move. It get, it goes between ninety degrees uh, in the morning, if you're lucky, to 130 degrees. You know, mm-hmm. we we've we have recorded temperatures that are absolutely insane. Um, where actually, I shouldn't probably say this because OSHA is gonna get on me. I, I do have <laughs> employees working in this same area, um, but uh, it's 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 a uh, it's hot. Yeah. You know. And it's a number three char and it's a, a smaller thirty thirty and, gallon barrel. And that heat's gonna have a huge impact on the juice, isn't it? It really does. Yeah. But you it
2: know? makes the it makes the barrels breathe. Like when that kind of heat and humidity that we get here makes those barrels breathe mm-hmm. tremendously. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which means that the aging happens like for the flavor more, transfer a happens a little rate. bit. Yeah.
0: Wait, well, on the same night it's going down to sixty. Yeah. Something degree, 70, 60-something right. degrees. So, so you're getting the impact of that as well. Oh, you're talking right. about winter. At night. Yes. Well, you're, you're or, even, or even at night sometimes during the summertime. <laughs> I mean, but wow. yes, in the wintertime, in the, winter the summertime, in addition to the pressure, in addition to when it yeah. rains or, you know, the, the weather, uh, just that 120-something just that degree heat yeah. during the day that we'll get sometimes is essentially – Baking a lot of those flavors in, so we'll say that when you when you get um, nutmeg and um, apple and these flavors, we've got different things we say. But cocoa, cinnamon, we attribute that a lot of that yeah. to.
2: Well, think of it, think yeah. of it like this: if you're if you're uh, making tea, right? All right, yeah. you can take a cold cup of water and you can stick your tea bag in there and wait for it to steep. Or you can do it with really hot water. Which one turns out better? Right, exactly. And that heat makes a big difference in how that flavor comes
0: out and how it reacts. Even if you
1: stuff. like your tea cold, you brew it hot. Yep, and right. then you cool it off. Yeah, absolutely.
0: It actually is uh, very similar yeah. to that. They, you know, <laughs> you you go to school for this stuff, and they'll bring up examples just like
1: that. Yeah, you know, we're talking about summertime. Uh, I, I remember, uh, Ian, I think it was a couple of summers ago, and I believe it was your wife's birthday. But you guys came over, uh, and we all gathered around the big pool that, mm-hmm. that is at my uh, building there. And I just remember you and I were, like, throwing back some summer beers. But we were just having such a great time. And it, I always think of that when I think of beers for the summer. Yeah. That, that's- that you want those kind of beers in the summertime that you can put in the ice chest, take with you to the pool or the beach. And they're not you're not you're looking for flavor, but you're not looking for something really big and huge. You're looking for that perfect summer beer you can keep crushing I, I, you, them. You lost me. Taste. I
2: actually can drink barley wine in the summer. I know you I don't can, care. but you're you're a different <laughs> you're, you're a different sort of dude. And
1: and we all know that about you. Uh, anyway, liquor.com did a list of uh, beers that are great for the summer. And I wanna add to this list. Uh, the one that we tried earlier, yeah, that, the, that, uh, uh, the Pilsner, yeah. Off the
2: Offshoot Beer Company, unwind. absolutely. We're,
1: we're gonna we're gonna add that one to the list. But here's their list. Uh, the first one they mention is Blue Point Imperial Sunshine Blonde Ale. Uh, Blue Point uh, Brewing is the um, is a brewery. I'm not I'm not familiar with these guys. Are you? Have you ever had anything mm-hmm. from Blue Point? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they say that it's uh, a blonde ale brewed with orange peel and orange puree, giving it prominent citrus notes. It is a 9.6 ABV, so that makes it a little unusual for a summer beer because you usually think about— Things that are extremely
2: crushable. Well, yeah, you, you generally think if you're if you're out in the sunshine, you're going to drink more. So volume right. is key. So S- yeah, that's sir. why there's a lot of low ABV summer beers. Says
1: Mister, I drink barley wine in I the summer I will drink barley wine pool. in the sun. Uh, second one is uh, Rolling Stone Lager from Elysian Elysian is a, a great yeah brewery. Elysian brewery. Uh, they but I have not had their Rolling Stone um, uh, Rolling Stone Lager. It is interestingly enough done with Rolling Stone magazine. So if you're looking for this. At your uh, local beer retailer. Uh, it's a black can Elysian, but the Rolling Stone is the Rolling Stone logo. From the front cover of the magazine, not the Rolling Stones with the tongue and the lips. That's a different one, yeah. yeah that's different. Uh, from Jack's Abbey, they're shipping out of Boston. These are the taller uh, cans. It's a beer from Jack's Abbey, which is out of Massachusetts. It came out in January, they say, but don't let the winter release date fool you. It's got a sweet, malty flavor base with bread and caramel notes. A good beer, they say, to drink all summer long. Uh, then, and I have not tried this, uh, Ian. Lone Star Brewings Rio Jade Lager. I have never seen that. It's eight bucks for a six-pack, and I'm going to have to go find some of this because we we have to try this. Yeah. Uh, here's what it says. It says Mexican Lager is the go-to warm weather beer choice for many. Lone Star has now entered the field with its new Rio Jade release, which is the first ever seasonal beer from Lone Star Brewery. Huh. We're going to have to try this. I'll I'll be looking for it this week. Hopefully we can have That's it. That's an there. interesting development. Yeah. Hopefully we can have it on the show next week. Yeah. They're uh, owned by Constellation, right? right? I believe they are. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number five, they have New Holland's Lake and Trail Lager. We've had some New Holland brews on yeah, the yeah, show New before. Yeah. New Holland makes
2: good. They make the uh, Dragon's Milk. And oh yeah. A few others. Those guys yeah, make yeah. some great stuff. Absolutely.
1: Uh, and then they have Rogue Ale and Spirits Dreamland American Lager. Now, when you think of Rogue, you immediately think of Dead Guy oh, Ian, God, it's which is so good, wonderful, but not necessarily a summer by the pool kind of beer, unless you're Ian. I have I uh, have destroyed yes. many Rogue. Ah, uh, but this is their Dreamland. <laughs> used
2: Land. to sell it in a half gallon jug. Oh yes, I, and I would be like, I'm just having one beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Rogue's Dreamland,
1: and we have tried. Remember, we tried their it Was it was like? Uh, Hopasaurus or whatever we we
2: tried yeah. one of their we even tried their whiskey too yeah yeah their, which wasn't bad it's it's a little, guy it's a little mellow but not bad not bad
1: uh, so that's worth it and then sufferfest shred Kolsch which are three words I have to pause between to say them now sufferfest, sufferfest shred, you can kolsch. get
2: you can't I don't think you can get it here but I you know what I meant to try sufferfest when I was out in Arizona and I totally forgot about it well sufferfest they generally focus
1: on low calorie beers. And they were actually just acquired uh, last year by Sierra Nevada, so you may be able to see Sufferfest any place, you know, where you can buy Sierra Nevada. So it's something something you might want to look for. So those are their uh, those are their list of, of beers. They also say it uh, it's only ninety five calories per can. It's a kolsch style colch style beer brewed with cayenne and honey flavors that take a supporting rather than a starring role in the beer. So uh, I I think that's I think it's an interesting list, and and most of those we haven't tried. But I'll be finding that Lone Star uh, Jade. That's, that's that sounds interesting. That uh, that's interesting enough. We have to try
2: it. Uh, you know, I, so I don't know about you, but a lot of a lot of my friends hang out like summer beer, the beer that's dumped. If you when you go open the cooler, it's Lone Star with a couple other things. But you know it's what? Lone Star the entire way. <laughs> you know what? For me, it's the
1: Founders All Day IPA. That's kind of yeah. like my summer, like because I love IPAs, but that one you can. You can no. just keep drinking by the pool. It's not something that...
2: So it's funny. Like I'm going to go do my uh, yearly camping trip next week. Ah. Um, and uh, and my cooler, like everyone else is going to have coolers full of Lone Star. Mm-hmm. And my cooler just has so many different beers in it because I never know what I want. Right. So I'm like, a little of this, a little of that, a little of this. I call so it... I will actually be walking around in the heat of the day at some point in time. With a barley one, I'm sure. I'm sure that will happen. Uh, let's try what could be a summer beer
1: here. This is uh, from Real Ale from Blanco, Texas. This is their Skullberry, which is a strawberry milkshake IPA. I've
0: favorite. been wanting to try this since you since you described
1: it. Uh, this, uh, yeah, this should be interesting. Well, Real Ale, as I think Ian commented earlier on the show, these guys are for real. I mean they they brew some Hello. very. Very good beers. Real there. ale,
2: Devil Bat, back, Devil's Backbone. Oh yes,
1: I've got one of those in the fridge
2: right now. As a matter <laughs> of fact, it's ridiculous. It's like it's 8%, r- or eight percent. Yeah. or a half percent.
1: It's it, it's so good. Um, and I, uh, you and
2: know, cheap. And I cheap. enjoy their pale ale. The pale I, ale is I buy their they, so they only have it in bombers, but I buy their we heavy. they it's called real heavy. Mm-hmm. I buy their um, quad ale all the time in a bomber, and it's and they're five bucks or six bucks for a bomber of it, and they're delicious. Mm. Uh, I'm a big fan. I love a lot of um, real ale stuff. Well, what's interesting about this? Our engineer, it, our,
1: our producer over here, is falling yeah. behind on a few. Oh, of Oh, I see he is. <laughs> he, he better try that bourbon. So it's interesting, Ian, because I'm not expecting strawberry and IPA to really be in the same sentence. It's, it's not.
2: It smells very hoppy. It smells very strawberry to me, though. Like so, I, the skull on this. I'll show the picture up here, mm-hmm. the camera. The skull on this is like a split skull. One half of it's upside down, and and it's patterned, like the skull itself is patterned like a strawberry, and then there's a little sprig of uh, leaves on the top and bottom because half the skull's upside down. i got to tell you, while you've been showing
1: the can, I've been doing some research.
2: This is 6.2% alcohol by volume. Well, let me tell you what else it is. It's uh, com. Also says government. I'm just waiting for you to talk. So uh, I, I was just to no, I'll go t- ahead. I'll kidding. tell you what else it is. It's,
1: <laughs> it's delicious. I would not have. So with IPAs, you you kind of assume that if they're going to have a fruitiness to them, it's going to be more citrus or mango or or something along those lines. You don't think, or I don't think at least, of strawberry.
2: <laughs> this totally works. I'm trying just the nose. I haven't taken a sip of this yet. But I'm trying just the nose on this. It's hoppy. And you can like if you know your if you know you're smelling for strawberry, you can smell that tart strawberry and and you know the how the have uh, the little green leaves right, right at the top. You of almost it, think you know? of it as like what the oh. seeds of the strawberry. The seeds must of the strawberry. Like, or something yeah. like that. You can smell Even you don't a little really bit of that in the, the background. Seeds. I- I'm going to tell you though, but it's
1: barely there. It is hoppy. But the strawberry cuts the hops in a way that keeps it from feeling like it's it, it's a resin uh, pine pinecone hop vibe. Mm. The strawberry cuts it really, really well. It's an IPA.
2: The strawberry is present, but it's not, not overpowering. Yeah, mm. it's
1: not overwhelming. But what it does is it winds up kind of tempering the potentially bigger influence of the hops, I think.
2: It has strawberry flavor in the same way that when you buy the unsweetened carbonated drinks, mm-hmm. how those like have the seltzers the, you're talking about. Well, just yeah, just the un the, the carbonated, right. unsweetened. You know, like uh, like Lacroix. Right, right. Of, it has strawberry in it, kind of like that has you in know the, the in that subtle flavor. kind it's of It's the way. essence, but
0: not the sweetness. Right. Exactly. Um but This that, is
2: not a sweet IPA at all. Uh-uh. It's a
0: lactose. Is sweet. You you're, right. you taste the sweetness. You just don't know that you taste the sweet. That's what. That's the cool thing about. It's creamy milk yeah. sugar.
1: Well, it is. It's creamy. Now, Ian, does the can say that this has lactose in it?
0: It I'm should gonna, if it guess. says. If it says, I'm going
2: to guess that it does. Milk. It says strawberry milkshake IPA. It's, it's got a creaminess to it. Mm-hmm. Because it yeah, doesn't it, say it, anything about lactose. Uh
0: no. Anytime I see the word milk, I assume that you You assume that lact- there's lactose that in it, and, and there may
1: be. It may it may just not be. Uh, it's uh,
0: very creamy on the nose. It is very creamy on the palate. I, I love it. Too, I it's interesting, too, because
2: this wonderful. is so good. It's yeah. got kind <laughs> of a kind of a bigger mouthfeel than than just looking at it with right. Also, it's when more you look carbonated at it, Yeah, when you look at it, it suspect. looks like a fairly mm-hmm.
1: typical IPA, yeah. just in terms of color and and the way the the head forms on the top of the beer, but it's uh, you
2: can actually see how carbonated this is, but it doesn't come across when you taste it. Yeah, as being hugely carbonated either. It's well, really milk,
0: milk stouts tend to be a little bit flatter. Yeah, right. I love this. Yeah. This is really good. I,
1: I do too. I'm I'm way into this. What about you, Ian? I like it. Thumbs up for you. Oh yeah, it's really good. Well, real ale scores again. Agreed. I mean, those guys. Those guys have got it going on. We can, we need them to take a, a little road trip from Blanco and and come visit us with some of their because those guys have some really great specialty beers, too. Yeah. They yeah. really do. They're they're yeah. they're very interesting and 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 delicious. Yeah, I'm a
2: big fan of 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 real ale just overall as a brewery cuz I like so many of their beers. Well,
1: I don't know about you, but I believe it is time for drinking news. We're going to do that in the next segment. And when we come back, we're going to taste this Chimney Hill. Now, I'm really curious about this because this is a the bourbon, uh, the bourbon whiskey that was finished in, uh, pronounce it correctly for me. Sauternes, Sauternes casks, which are uh, two words you also have to pause between when you say them. <laughs> so, you can't say Sauternes casks. No, it didn't work. Sauternes <laughs> casks. Uh, so we'll be tasting that, and uh, Ian, the Hellboy number six, the barley wine. We'll be tasting that in our final segment. Yeah, I know you're excited. We'll get back to that uh, coming up. It's smoking and toasting. Thank you for joining us for show number one ninety six. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Smoking and Toastin' is the program that's all about uh, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are heard all around the world, and, uh, and, and we're based out of Texas. This is the world-famous Smokin' a Toastin'. Hi, Mom. Uh, we are so glad to have you guys on the show, and now it's time for one of my very favorite segments of the program. Drinking news, drinking news, now it's time for drinking news. And I'm going to keep singing that myself, just that badly, until Ian records our drinking news. It's going to happen. Open. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to have to put up with that for about another <laughs> few weeks. All I, right, I, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I was even thinking of like finding some symphony music and doing like my voice dub over it for drinking news, like just just something. To spur you on towards the creative. Please, please don't. The creative <laughs> process. Well, yeah. I'm working I'm working on it. I've got I've
2: got my guitar dropped down to about C and I'm working on the Cookie Monster vocals. Okay. Fair enough. Fair like enough. We're gonna do kind of a hardcore. I love it. I love the idea already. <laughs> you're you're a creative genius. That's what that's why I like
1: hanging out with you. Plus you have like good booze and I saw,
2: so just just because it's hilarious, I saw a mashup, uh I don't remember where I saw it, but it was a mashup of uh of the B 52s mm-hmm. and Slayer raining blood, <laughs> so it was like bow ow, ow, now 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 raining blood. It was absolutely hilarious. I couldn't stop I, cracking up. I got to find that. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. I, I saw it on maybe it was on uh, on Facebook or it might have been on YouTube. Uh, I can't remember, but it was absolutely hilarious. That's awesome. Uh, uh, I will be looking up. for it.
1: I will be looking for it. Well, it is time for drinking news. Drinking news, the segment on the program. <laughs> Where we like to pass along a news story to you, we don't necessarily we don't have the research staff to verify that each of these stories were true, but each of them appeared in a you know verifiable publication of some sort. Hey, whether they're true or not they're interesting they're, right, that, that's the whole point but and, and, well, we we try to maintain that these are not fake news stories but again, we cannot afford the research staff to verify said stories. But we can tell you they are stories we found, not stories we made up. And they are stories. And they are stories. There you go. And they're drinking news. <laughs> and many of them, by the way, begin with the phrase, a Florida man. I love stories that start <sighs> yeah. that way. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, today's <laughs> does not, but it's almost as good. A Vermont skydiver. That's actually how this All one right. began. <laughs> right, so, so we're doing okay so far, right? A Vermont skydiver who lost... His prosthetic
2: leg during a jump. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> oh, I just stopped there. Can you imagine the poor sucker that's during driving the, during, during the jump? During is the
0: is the very. <laughs> can
2: you imagine the poor sucker that's just driving down this farm road? Well, and leg comes out <laughs> of the sky and smashes oh, his windshield. Let me
1: let me you finish. Got to do the right thing. Let me finish <laughs> the opening sentence because you'll love this. A Vermont skydiver who lost his prosthetic leg. <laughs> During a jump, has it back thanks to a farmer who kept an eye out for it and spotted it in a soybean field. <laughs> <laughs> there have been some great sentences written, but I don't, know, <laughs> Never. I don't know how many of them are better than that. No one has ever
0: like, said that sentence. <laughs>
1: Hemingway, eat your heart out. That, oh, that yes. is one of the greatest sentences of all times. Double amputee Chris Macris of Hyde Park, uh, Vermont. Uh, went for a jump Saturday at Vermont Skydiving Adventures in West Addison, Vermont, and lost one of his prosthetic legs after leaping. By the way, if you can see your uh, feed, Ian, there is a photo of the prosthetic leg being returned to its right so, No, No, this is a heartwarming story. Um, uh, a double amputee Chris Macris of Hyde Park went for a jump at Vermont Skydiving Adventures in West Addison and lost one of his prosthetic legs after leaping from the plane. First of all, I have both legs completely intact, and I'm scared as crap to jump out of a plane. So huge yeah. props nope. yeah. to the guy with two more, prosthetic more legs. Yeah, <laughs> that said, yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah, Go for right. It. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, anyway, he said he said I think my adrenaline was just so high, and I was so excited. I didn't realize I had lost it. That's what he said to NBC 10 News in Boston. Oh uh, man, Macris was did you also hear about the skydiver, <laughs> you lost him an arm and a leg. Oh, oh
2: but I'm ching, but you oh, know. Oh, why did I do that?
1: Uh, uh, he uh, <laughs> actually, he was harnessed to an instructor. He landed safely. No one was injured. But he landed minus one of his prosthetic legs. So he put the word out.
2: You know, you know how people are like, hey, make sure you come back in one piece? <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: He put the word out on social media that he'd lost his legs. And farmer Joe Marshall Zowski saw the post before finding the prosthetic leg in a soybean field. Beyond a few scratches, the leg was undamaged.
2: I, yeah, <laughs> that's amazing and, and beautiful.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is this is great. He said, you've always got to keep an eye out. The guy who discovered the leg said, you've always got to keep an eye out. And he compared the discovery to a needle in a haystack. He said he was grateful he found the leg without running over it with a machine during the fall harvest. Oh, God forbid the combine socked it up, he said. It would have destroyed it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what combines do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, anyway, Macris said, uh, losing his leg, uh, turned into a positive experience. He says, we kind of take for granted sometimes how many truly good people there are in the world. So like I said, it's a heartwarming that story. It is heartwarming. It is a heartwarming story about the guy who went skydiving. And, well, those things and aren't cheap, I imagine. His... Oh, I, no, they those can't things are be. crazy uh, expensive. I, I wear compression socks, and those things are expensive <laughs> enough. I can, I can only imagine a leg. A le- how, how much are they charging you for that? A lot. Yeah, tons. Anyway. anyway, it's a feel-good story. That's what I'm trying to say, and it be- doesn't begin a Florida man, but it did begin a Vermont skydiver. So that's that's a close second. I'm going to look out for that's that one close from now second. on. Yeah, gotta love that. From now on, I'm just gonna when I'm looking for these stories, I'm just gonna Google a Florida man and see what comes up. You're getting really good at following these nonverbal cues. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly the right time. I, did you cue me? I was just opening a beer. No, it was exactly <laughs> that. That's what I'm talking about. You're, oh, the fact that you that you felt that rather than you know had to be you know cued somehow. Specifically, I
2: knew it was time for barley wine. Well,
1: I was going to say we've got a did barley. Did you see wine how here. I rhymed that? Yeah, I knew it was time for barley wine.
2: That's that's a you know, it, a That that
1: wouldn't pass as a rhyme for everybody, but probably P Diddy would be okay with it. So. Boy, it got really quiet when I dropped the P. Diddy reference. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Okay, well, Kanye. (laughs) Kanye, who's, by the way, let me just say this. And, And it's not often you get to say this about a candidate for president of the United States. Well, maybe it is. Uh, he's batshit crazy. That's all I'm going to say. Kanye, he, he's, uh, he's as loony as that he can doesn't,
0: get. That doesn't necessarily take him off the ballot. No, you, you're <laughs> to, as, as has been proven many times. As has been proven many times.
1: So, Ian, this is uh, this is the number six beer in the six beer series of the Hellboy series from Gigantic Brewing. And this one's a barley wine. This and is the and
2: Trevor Brutonholm British barley wine. There are some for whom old age lends a fatherly gravitas, a paternal might. This barley wine is much the same with intriguing nuances of toffee, dark fruits, citrus, and caramel that will develop over years.
0: Yeah, the, the toffee is on the nose. On the well, mouse. for
2: sure. Now, uh, uh, Ian, have
1: you tasted this yet? Not yet. I've smelled it. It smells right. amazing. It smells amazing, and it tastes amazing. But I will say it actually was a little bit of a surprise to me because most barley wines, the, the prominent— mm-hmm. Uh, flavor is the dried fruit, the yeah, fig and the, the date. Ready. This one, the prominent flavor is toffee, mm-hmm. and oh, it, yeah, it's, it's Really good.
2: This is candy. Oh, big time! I love this. Yeah,
1: this is. And
2: I, I was hoping you would
1: like this. That this would be one you'd like because it is a British barley wine. And as we've established on the show, you're a much bigger fan of the British style barley wines is, than the American
2: ones. This is beautiful
1: beer. It's really different for a barley wine, though. So isn't it?
2: it has um, it has some of the the, the, the traditional barley wine the uh, the raisin and date backbone mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. the the dark fruit uh, kind of thing. Um, it it also though has that toffee and caramel is so up front, like it's so big. It's really good. Oh, shortbread. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, big Didn't time! I, the baking spice I'll go with that, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it's there. It's it's a little more. Um, I hate to use the word "crushable" in a sentence about barley wine, but it feels a little more crushable than many of the barley wines we've had on. Like I can, I could I can see going back for more, back for more. And I know you do that anyway
2: with barley wines. But well,
1: but don't you think it's a little? It's also a little more drink?
2: carbonated than I would expect. And again, the carbonation is not running into this. It's like two beers in a row that the carbonation's more than I would expect.
0: Which I, I know um. I don't know if I'm normal on this, but I, I appreciate a little bit more pounds per square inch than, than most. I, I like... See, I'm the other way around. I like carbonation. Well, I think
2: carbonation, uh, in some beers, carbonation can, I think, mask a lot of the flavors. And in barley wines, a lot of times, they're not near this carbonated. This is well, very highly carbonated for a barley wine, but also delicious, works great with well, this. Well,
1: I would point out that one of the one of the things you often complain about, about American-style barley mm. wines... Is that the carbonation is more than you want? Yeah. yeah. This has got almost that kind of carbonation. Of carbonation yeah. But it, it doesn't have that same effect as as what you're.
2: Well, it's also not loaded down with hops mm-hmm. up front and behind and everywhere else you can stick mm-hmm. a hop in there.
1: You know what it's loaded down with? Toffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is yeah, It is candy. like. It is really like a toffee bomb. It's very
2: t- candy I went back to the uh, whiskey a moment ago and I really love that whiskey, the chocolatey uh, single barrel one. Mm hmm. Uh unfortunately this beats it up a little bit. It takes some of the uh takes some of the fun out of the whiskey. It takes some of the subtlety out of it, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. I mean it doesn't make the whiskey taste bad. It's just not it's not like that first uh uh where we had the uh, where we had the uh unwind and then we tried the the whiskey the uh What was that one called again? Uh, This was the College Station, the College Station one that brought out a lot of chocolate. This, this kind of, I think, masks the last whiskey we had. But I'm kind of interested, actually. Let me try one of the other ones and see what happens. And
1: do we? Do you have any more cups left over there? Mm -hmm. I may have uh, because we need enough cups to do a final round of the Chimney Hill. Three of these and three of these. All right, perfect. So uh, you can uh, uh, you can hand those over to Nathan. We'll uh, we'll do our final round. Excellent. Because it'll be interesting to see how the Chimney Hill on the interesting
2: uh, side. This one. Mm -hmm. goes well with the barley wine the bourbon Mm. yes all right so let me go back to that because i have some of that here
1: wait i forget which one this is okay oh yeah yeah it really does that changes it up quite a bit actually interesting i was
2: expecting the i was expecting this um the single barrel to really kind of go well with it once i tasted the profile but it's not that it was bad, it's just I think that I like that better on its own and this better on its own, but this actually blends well with that. Which one? I keep forgetting the names of them. This is the, That's oh, the, bourbon. the Texas bourbon. Yeah.
1: Know. Yeah. Nathan, while you're uh while you're opening that up, I'm I'm really curious about this. This is the um, eighteen seventy six Texas barbecue sauce. And by the way, our guest is Nathan Barkman from Rio Brazos Distilling, College Station, Texas. And uh so this is a very this is a very aggy looking bottle of uh, of uh, of, uh, of uh, barbecue sauce,
2: right? If what do they call that color exactly? Um, what is what is that exactly? Aggie color, purple? Aggie...
0: Oh, that is aggy maroon. Aggie now maroon. That is right. that that is an official color. If you look, I, I had a, a I was talking to a, an advertiser one time. She was, we need the color code, the HTML. Color code. Right. And I said, well, it's it's Aggie Maroon. And she says, no, no, it's a, it's between four and eight digit code. It's a, it's a row of numbers. Maybe it's got a couple of, (laughs) and I said, it's Aggie Maroon. And she said, and she said, no, no, no. It's a, and I said, type it into your database, A, capital A, G G I E E, I E M A R O O N. Right. And she, sir, that's just not how it's done. And I said, that's how it's done in College Station, Texas. <laughs> Type it in. Well, she typed it in, and it's Aggie. Mar- that is an actual color in the, in the so, database. So, for those of you outside of Texas, okay, yes, if it, Texas
2: A and M, um, which is in College University, Station, which is, yeah. in col- uh, which is in College, and what's what's the drive time from here to there on a day without from traffic? From Houston to College Station.
0: One hour and twenty nine minutes. Okay. Okay. So about an hour twenty nine minutes. Not an hour thirty, by
1: the way. An hour twenty
2: nine. That's right. Well, yeah. yeah. I,
0: I, I, Google Maps to get yeah, here. Okay. I don't drive through Houston with, without. <laughs>
2: assistance. So so an hour and 20 mi- 29 minutes to to get there for me. This place. Um, I've played gigs up there. I've done uh, lots of stuff. Uh, but the aggie maroon thing. If you were anywhere and you were an aggie and you wearing any item of clothing that is of that color. And I don't care if you're in Vegas. I don't care if you're in Houston. Mm-hmm. If another Aggie sees one stripe of that color on your Adidas shoe, they will go, they know it's You're Adidas. an Aggie. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. That's now. literally how it works. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That color is so ubiquitous down here that they make like limited runs of shoes and clothing. Uh, they make all kinds of stuff in that, and the Aggie thing is very, very popular. So, Nathan,
1: you, you've been a great guest, and we really appreciate all the stuff that you've brought for us to sample today. It's all been very good, and I'm going to now give you what may be the largest, not the largest, but perhaps the most heartfelt endorsement for your products that you've ever had. As an alumni... Of the uni- the University of Texas in Austin.
3: <laughs> oh shoot!
1: Your stuff is amazing, and for a Longhorn to
0: admit that an Aggie stuff <laughs> is amazing that that's a big deal. I'm for the, just uh, saying the fact that you guys are actually saying. swinging now, at each other. My, right, right. My employees have all attended and/or graduated from uh, uh, Texas A and M University. Yeah, right. Full disclosure here. I am a graduate of New Mexico State University, okay. so I'm an actual New Mexico Aggie. Uh, okay. Well, so, I, I, have,
1: I have no I have no I have no problem no <laughs> with you. My uh, so I'm a, an alumni of the University of Texas, the University of Texas in Austin. Uh, my brother, however, is a graduate of
2: Texas A and M in College oh. Station. All right. Damn. So I, I want to point out to remember everything I just said about Aggie Maroon, right? Yes. So there's also this color of orange. Yes. Burnt orange <laughs> Burnt orange Yes That if anyone sees even a tiny stripe I had a, a hat from uh, Goliath Brewing uh, a few years back that I used to wear And it's that color orange because I just liked the orange And uh, every time I'd wear it, I actually had to stop wearing it because everyone was like UT Brewery Well, but
3: I'll just
1: pass along what I shared recently with my brother Who is a graduate of Texas a and University and he's got the Texas A&M bumper sticker on his car, which many A&M graduates do, right? What I said to my brother was, listen, David, that's his name, David.
2: It's a good thing that's his name, because if his name was something else, that's it would have be been It would have been very awkward,
1: yeah. I said, listen, I understand that not everyone can get into the University of Texas. True. But you don't have to put a bumper sticker on your car to let people know you were one of those. I think he took a swing at me. I don't know what happened. <laughs> that, but, uh, but anyway. Now, you know, I, I'm, I'm joking around, but there is a big rivalry between yes, yes. University of Texas now, and Texas A&M. Mm, so for me to to be uh, heaping praise on a College Station product, it's really good. So and I, it really I is. also
2: want to point out, you, earlier you said, um, you, you made in passing a comment about the this, this size of Kyle Field, the
0: stadium. In, yes, sir. There. That How is, big is that stadium? Ah. Uh, I'm really bad with numbers off the top of my head but it it is a bunch s- of people can go in there. It is it is the second largest stadium in North America and it's near the third largest stadium Think in the world. Think about that. This is a yeah, college it's stadium. It's huge. And as it's far college, as actually yeah. packing people in, uh it's number 1 in the it world.
2: It is literally packed. So I have been in college station. I've played gigs in college station on the night where they're having a football game. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it is a bizarre Cult. <laughs> that would be, yes, is, That yes. that
0: would be intimidating, honestly. It, Once game is it is game absolutely is over.
2: crazy because me and my band were the only people that weren't wearing that maroon. Yeah, yeah. And everyone looks at us because they think we're rooting for the rival. Imposters
1: from the from the rival team. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. We didn't not, even know not, there was not a, me.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't have done that. He'd have, he'd have been in his New Mexico No, I wouldn't we, have walked out on that stage. Sorry. We totally. We <laughs> went to this little Mexican restaurant
2: around the corner from where we were playing, and you could tell everyone was like, "Y'all from ain't from around here." <laughs> but uh, but no. Right, okay, so, so you have to understand the stadium gets so crazy packed, and no matter how big it is, it will get 100 percent packed. It's yeah. unbelievable. As
0: much as I loved living in Houston, and I love and I loved living in in Longview, yeah, Texas, um and i've i've lived everywhere I, i'm kind of a nomad um this is the college station texas is the friendliest coolest just laid most laid back place i've ever been much less lived in yeah. they nicest in the yeah. world but um yeah you wouldn't think that from going to a game <laughs> <laughs> the games get pretty the games wanna, get intense i want
2: to uh, go ahead
1: i was just uh, i was going to just mention that I've already been drinking this uh, Chimney Hill uh, the bourbon whiskey finished in Sauternes casks Sauternes casks and it really is delicious i mean this is very nuanced uh, very very subtle in a in a wonderful way uh, i'm sorry i interrupted you were going to say something oh,
2: actually i, I was going to go with something completely different but let's talk about the uh, the the spirit for a moment here
1: mhm chimney hill what this, what led you guys to do this one because I mean, it's very different from your other Expressions.
0: Um, my brother and my mother are smarter about marketing than I am. <laughs> I am Love it. I, I I I crush corn. Right. I'm a home brewer. That's I mean, all everything I come from is, is home brew. When it comes into these larger batches, when it comes into marketing the product, selling. hmm You know, uh, You hand it off to you hand of to this. people that understand that. Yeah. yeah, I I you know, I'm I'm. This comes from grinding corn and right. dragging 50 fifty pound bags of corn up a, uh, upstairs <laughs> to put it you. into a hammer mill. Yeah, I hear you. Um, me and my guys, we we work for a living. Um, my mother and my brother are consummate marketing geniuses. Love it. And I stole their ideas for this. <laughs> That's I great. steal like a thief. But and I'll admit it right now. I've stolen from Mr. Beverage. I've stolen from Mr. Garrison. I steal. I'm a thief. Hey, it, and I, much respect because yeah, I'm part of the thieves guild. I we, don't care. We always say with, <laughs>
1: with, with regard to this show, like uh, we talked about, even like our opening, the well, well, I, like I didn't come up with that. I stole that from hey. somebody. And I always say, if you steal from me, I love.
2: You've stolen twice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love your. I love your <laughs> intro.
2: Everything I say is original. Yeah, but that's you. That's nothing, who you are. There's nothing
0: new under the sun. But Isn't that the truth? You can't step um, into the same river twice. Yeah. Well,
1: this chimney hill is delicious. It's—I want to say—it's more delicate than uh, some of the other uh, spirits that we've tried today. But
0: it, it's just there, wonderful. There huh? is no reason for that, and I, I, I can't explain that because it's not gone into, you know, one cask and then come out right and been and been manipulated. It's gone into three casks, one of those being a Sauternes wine cask, which right. has nothing to do with bourbon egg. Right, <laughs> absolutely. Um, uh, I expected it to be over the top. I expected it to be, you know, to, I, I expected it to be good. But yeah, the the, 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 the subtle the subtlety right. is something that I have heard now from. You're not the second person to, right. to say that. Well, so
2: the the oak though in this is so pronounced yes it is like the wood notes and the oak astringency on the very end which I I love I truly love you know what this doesn't have that a lot of your other whiskies have is that uh, that mineral finish right this it's different and I don't know if it's uh if it's masked because of the casks uh, but this has a sweetness to the finish almost like a uh well, you said the Sauternes.
0: That's, mm-hmm. that's, what kind of a wine is that again? So it's a—this is French—the the, the cask itself is right. French oak. Right. Um, as pretty much all of—you know, right. pretty much any French wine sure. goes into French yeah. oak. And French oak wine. casks, obviously,
1: are a big deal for finishing. But.
0: Right. Um, uh, it's the—the the, the big thing about that is that the, the wine itself— is a uh, it's a late harvest uh, French wine it's very domain it's it's a viticultural area mm-hmm. that if you do everything with the exact same the exact same varietal on the same slope of the same mountain range <laughs> right, in right the same uh, everything the same but you do it slightly outside of that domain mm-hmm it's no longer Sauternes.
1: Okay, so there's really strict... It's, uh,
0: there are, I can't remember how many wineries in that area that do the exact same thing to come up with this. But the big deal is that most of the fermentation doesn't actually happen in the tank or in, you know, right? in the winery. Most of the work is done in the, in the vineyard. It's turned to alcohol. It started to turn to alcohol. It started the fermentation process within the grape skin. Wow. There is a, so no, cool. a noble rot that happens right. inside the grape skin before they even bother. Uh, and, and of course, because of that, there are large swaths. There's a, a big fraction of this wine that is unusable. That makes sense. Yeah. They make that determination before it even gets into the winery. It's that's happening in the field. that's fields. thrown out. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. So it's a it's a really weird type of wine in well, the first place. It's a
1: very interesting I, I feel like you can almost in the flavor of the Chimney Hill, you can almost taste a little of that grapiness. And I say that in the most yeah. like, like positive way. It, it really just kind of infuses the sense of what you're getting on your palate.
2: Well, and the, the dryness on the finish really, really puts an exclamation point mm-hmm. on that. Like, it really has that dryness. But what's interesting about the dryness on the finish is it's followed up by sweetness and that little whiskey hug. Mm-hmm. That's really unusual, like, just in general. Like, the way this finishes the palate is very unusual.
1: Nathan, uh, honestly, this is such a, such an amazing portfolio. Of different things. I mean, everything we've tasted has been m- distinctly different from the other things that we've tasted. And yet there's there's a consistent thread of quality running through this. I would recommend any anything that we tasted today, I would recommend for what it is. And it, it's a, I mean, hats off to you guys. for a, For a craft distiller to have, you know, this kind of consistency of quality throughout your product. I think is I think it's really remarkable.
0: We're we're held to high pretty high standards being where we're from and being that we're constantly bragging about Texas. This <laughs> I is, love that. I a, love at that. every turn I'm going to always remind guy, people this is for, 100% owned and operated in College Station, but I've watched your show and I know that you don't throw out those compliments left and right. So I really appreciate that. We
1: have been
2: accused of liking everything we try, but it's really not true. We don't like everything we try. Not only is it not true, but the truth is we generally... We'll bring stuff on here that we think we're going to like. Well, we, let's we track the yeah, cards. Sure. Absolutely. And that's okay. Because like, <laughs> it's, it's our show and we don't want to do like, stuff. We <laughs> exactly. Suck. You know, exactly. If, we had, if we had your bourbon on and we didn't like it, we're probably not going to invite you on the right, show. Right. Exactly. And that's okay, because yeah. why yeah. would we want to bring negativity into it? Sometimes right. we don't like stuff.
1: What but. we really love doing the most on this show, other than just the sampling itself, is... Being able to say to people that listen to the show, that watch the show, is like, hey, we tried this, and we really liked it for this reason. If that resonates with you, this might be something that you'd like. Yeah. Because there's, there's nothing more intimidating for me, because I don't know nearly as much about whiskey as Ian does. There's nothing more intimidating for me than walking down that whiskey aisle at my spec store in downtown Houston. And... Scanning those shelves, and then the guy comes up and says, "Looking for anything in particular?" And I'm like, "No, I'm just lost." Like, it, like <laughs> looking at these, going, "What?" Don't I even try? know where to start. Don't even know where to
2: start. Analysis paralysis, sir. Uh, absolutely.
1: And there's so much out there, and there's so many great things. And sometimes I read about things. You and got you this know, at fun. the
0: downtown. Specs numbers. Zeros, I got yes. Or, when, like, when the one that we brought on Smith Street
1: uh, so, uh, was from the Smith, Smith Street, Street yeah. specs. Okay. Yes, that was the one we brought on. It was three four shows ago, and we went absolutely crazy yeah, loved for it. it. Yeah, loved it. Awesome. we went absolutely crazy for it. But uh, but yeah, it, that. So what we try to do here is just like look, we're not experts. We're just kind of ordinary guys that that enjoy this stuff. But we we enjoy passing on what it is we enjoy, or if we don't enjoy it, we'll pass that along as well. But it, it, it's there's so much to choose from now and mm-hmm. we don't want that to intimidate people because we want people to try chimney hill if it sounds like it's something that that would be interesting to their particular taste and you know look when you're going to go and spend i mean some of your stuff is is priced at a at a price point that people can you know it's easy to take a chance on it mm-hmm. but some of these things are not right and if you're going to go and drop that kind of money on a bottle of bourbon or a, a really high-end tequila, we want to at least it's tell you here's nice what we to have here's some what insight. we got. Yeah. yeah, here's what we got. Here's what we. And and listen, I'm I've got you know I don't have the kind of bar that Ian has, but I've got a pretty well-stocked bar, and even now, I hesitate to drop more than. Thirty bucks on something, you know, right? Because it's like uh, I don't know. What if it isn't good? Yeah, and and so that that really is what the show is about. I think it's just us being able to pass along. Here's what I like, and if you like the same stuff kind of that I like, then you will probably like this. You
0: right. know. Well, there's nothing more you can do, right? Unless you're one of those bartenders that's so so sure of yourself. <laughs> but see, I love those guys. <laughs>
1: that that honestly is the bartender I want I, I, when I go out. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. No.
1: I want the guy Try who's, this. Yeah, that's the it's, guy I want. That is
2: the guy I want. Well, yeah. First off, it's <laughs> or it's, girl. it's a very rare occasion when we try something that sucks. Sometimes there's stuff that you like that I don't. And vice versa. And vice by the way. versa. Yeah. Um but that doesn't mean it sucks. It just means that I don't really dig it. But if the flavors that you're saying uh jive with that, then that's great. Well, I'm I'm a total IPA guy. I love IPAs. There's very few IPAs that I've
1: tried that I don't like. Ian, much pickier there. But flip the coin on, say, a barley
2: wine or an imperial stout. I don't stout. mind having to use a toothpick after I drink a beer. Yeah, it <laughs> doesn't bother me. And this is not something that I'm looking
1: for. I do not want to chew my beer. I want to drink it.
0: It's yeah. one of the cool things that we, you know, I, honestly, you know, my, my distiller, I told you, mm-hmm. he, he'd been watching you guys. But <laughs> I'd never heard of you before Marianne called me. And... and uh so the last couple of weeks we've been watching, and I've noticed that that this is you know you guys don't other than B and B Butchers, nice. I don't believe you be guys are prejudiced. <laughs> you guys are quite obviously fans of B and B Butchers. And but by the way, I can tell you, there's a reason we're and, fans. Yes, and I'm going to be Bacon go- is life changing. I'm going to be going to B and B Butchers. Good, good.
1: <laughs> Ian, uh, before we wrap the show up. We haven't talked
2: about this 1876 Texas barbecue sauce. Can I pause you just for one second? Yes. Because I just got a little bit of news here. Okay. Um, Alice's Tall Texan, a little bar over in the Heights, Mm -hmm. is actually closing. Mm. Now, if you guys have never been to Alice's Tall Texan, let me tell you, this is a dive bar of the most wonderful and epic proportions. Mm -hmm. Um, It's over off Main Street, just north of (sighs) I-10. and uh when you walked in there the beer prices were something stupid like $2 or $3 for a giant goblet that you yep. have to, like i would pick it up with both hands and feel like a kid with a sippy cup love it of beer and this was this was the site of hanging out many many times, especially when I lived over in the Heights. And especially like I don't have a whole lot of money right now. I'm gonna go down there. I'm gonna have a lot of beer for twenty dollars. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just wanted to point out that Alice's Tall Texan is closing, and they're doing uh, they're doing to go beers right now. They're trying to sell off their inventory and um, and Damn. trying to get so out. So if of you're it, in the Houston area, so yeah. anyway. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Let's bring it back no, to barbecue sauce. You know what? Uh, let me. Before we do that, let's do a toast here to yeah, absolutely
1: Alice's tall Texan. Alice's tall Texan, and and to all of the bars that are going through what they're going through. Three months, at so le- le- three so months
0: many, at least of the year. Mm. It's it's tough. It's really
1: tough. Alice's, we salute you, and all of the times that Ian was able to get. Oh great man. Quantities of beer. There for There were times bucks. where I had a
2: hard time riding my bicycle home from there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> don't drink and bike, my friend. All right. So what I was gonna say a moment ago
1: is that as we were talking about this, I popped the top on this eighteen seventy six barbecue sauce and I got a whiff of it. Ian I, I love
2: got to pass that over I, to you. Before I even smell this, I love the old school apothecary bottle. Oh, it's you guys great. don't happen to
0: have any rare Cooked, smoked meat. I, I, wish I, <laughs> <known>. <laughs> I wish I had known. I wish
1: I had known because I would have brought some. Oh, that smells so- Is
2: that amazing or what? Wow, that smells good.
1: All right, so I'm I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say, if you can buy this, do so. Did this come in some kind of a special uh, packaging that no. you, that you mentioned? Yes. Would you? So- can you show us that before we wrap up the show here? Yeah, I know you may have set it back in your bag, but I remember him a- taking it out of this coolest box. You Come don't. On. You don't normally hear uh, that one there. You don't normally find barbecue sauce. Usually, you find like higher end uh, uh, bourbons States. or or uh, or tequilas or something in a box like this. But
0: these guys are just the coolest. They don't hire anybody but um, Texas A and M students.
1: <laughs> but that's all right. We'll forgive them for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, and and we'll. We'll be very impressed but so, we'll look at that.
0: Because of that, they they just have this vibe of Now what passion.
1: is in what is in the tin? Is that like uh, some
0: uh It's a dry rub. Dry rub, okay. Serve. So you get you get the sauce that smells like that and a dry so they, rub. They have put they have oh put our whiskey in this, about seven entrees and a couple oh. of appetizers. Wow. Well, they This, in, in their, their this
1: barbecue sauce is amazing. Like, I, and I haven't even tasted it. I've only just smelled it out of the top. But that's all I need to know. It, it's, uh, it is awesome. And listen, I will, I will say this. you know, we, The show's heard everywhere. But let me just say this. As someone who lives in Texas and was born in Texas, there is no better barbecue sauce in the world than barbecue sauce that comes out of Texas. I've had it, you know, Kansas City. I've had it from the Carolinas, and it's wonderful. It's good. I appreciate the difference. But the but Texas you know what's funny too? Sauce.
2: Texas barbecue sauce can be vinegar based. It can be all kinds. Or it can of things. be brown sugar Absolutely. based. Yes.
0: <laughs> and it's Absolutely. still the best barbecue. It's, very, still much a, it's it. very much. a, We take what we want, then we leave the rest. It's yeah. a Texas it's, thing. Uh, yeah. You know, it's not North Carolina versus. Uh-uh. Tennessee, where these people get into fights about yeah. know, no, mustard versus Nah, uh-uh. Texas. We take whatever works and we amp that up. Yeah, you know, there
1: there is a certain Texas thing. And add I'm jalapenos there, but, to it, but yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> and and
1: <laughs> and that seems to me to be a perfect note to go out on because if you can add jalapenos to anything, it probably makes it amazing. Uh, Nathan, thank you so much. Your your stuff is amazing, Thanks, guys. and and we really. Encourage people to try it. There are price points here that make it, uh, you know, attractive to anybody, and, and it's it's the perfect uh, the perfect way to like spread your wings a little bit and get into craft whiskey. Let,
0: let, let me say before before we break off, um, Cruz, Ian, Adam, you guys, uh, Marianne, um, calling me uh, and letting me do this. We have a very we have a limited ad budget. Our, yeah. our marketing is poquito. I get it um, You guys helping us out Doing this is huge well, part I of really appreciate thank it Thank you What we love to do Is spread the word About things we love That's, that's the
1: most uh, encourage, it's, it's the most exciting thing I think that we get to do mm-hmm. Other than perhaps The sampling itself so, uh, so thank you for coming on Thank you for thank bringing you. us uh, This wonderful Wonderful whiskey And uh, thank you to Everybody involved in the show Adam on the wheels of steel uh, Mary who books it Ian, my friend Cheers again. and co-conspirator <laughs> Cheers, my friend Oh, and to the guy who got his
2: leg back <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't know about y'all
0: oh, <laughs> uh. well, That's the music
3: so, so now I'm off Now
0: I can scratch my balls Alright, thank God <laughs> <laughs>
3: So